everybody good morning uh this is john i'm a host oh and this is marty i'm a host you're listening to the nooner podcast, nooner podcast. on the smodco internet radio network boom boom we're waiting on a millennial hopefully she gets here uh, if you want to tune in live or if you are tuning in live and you want to join the conversation you can reach us at twitter at nooner podcast and um you can always email us too that's nooner podcast at gmail.com we've got a great uh mail sack today some really really cool stuff that came in and we you know we this is the greatest podcast that streams live on tuesday mornings that claims to be a comedy show but it's really just people talking yelling at each other about pop culture right well it's certainly the best one that you host (laughs) exactly yeah so this is the cream of the cream yeah this is the very very best of all the marty podcasts that uh, start at uh nine o'clock pacific standard time uh, in on Tuesday, it's 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 an elite company. Yes, yes. There are some upcoming changes to the podcast that oh. we will get to at the end of the show. See, that's called a teaser. Oh, to to keep them get the listeners, you know, sticking. Yeah, the podcast. It's interesting because I have no idea what you're talking about. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's very exciting. Yes, but we will start first with uh, the news. The news, and here's the news. We should have a, a news uh, stinger. <laughs> And this, just coming on the wire, uh, there was the G20 summit this past Oh my weekend. God, how embarrassing. And you know, oh no. yeah, so that's the... Our president and well, his well, daughter well, let, on the let, world stage. Let's, let's just uh, lay down set some it up? background. Yeah, so... I'm just going to go over here. And it was in Osaka, Japan, curl. which is the second biggest city in Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Why couldn't it have been in the biggest city? Uh, well, uh, they're trying to... Was it not available? They're trying to promote international financial harmony. That's basically what the G20 is there for. It's, a, it's, 20, or it's 19 countries, the U, uh, including the US and Russia and China, and then the European Union. So Did you say 19 companies? 19 C- countries. countries and it's called the, the G20? But the European Union is the 20th leg of that. Really? Of so that there's another... Uh, so there's... What, what are the other ones? Uh, uh, Russia, China, France... Uh, well, not France. Wait, um, not France. You take out um, all the European countries. Yeah, well... Is Brazil okay. in there? Uh, I'm sure that Brazil is in there. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Saudi Arabia is there because we know because President Trump praised him Oh yeah, for murder. For his, well, his, yeah, his, he, uh, no, he said the murder was terrible, but he praised, murder was bad. But what else was good? Uh, uh, the the uh, humanitarian uh, crisis in Yemen. Yeah. Well, what do they do that's good? They're good at uh, money. Money. Oh, They're yeah. very good at money. And he also praised Putin. Putin. He said, uh, "Well, Putin's doing a fantastic job yeah. at being Putin." Yeah. And so, he said, uh, he, "He said." To Putin, Trump said, uh, asked him not to interfere in our le- elections with his orange bloated tongue firmly implanted in his cheek. Well, he was joking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that saying how he wanted to get rid of uh, reporters and, you know. He said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 
Putin's like, yeah, we, we do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, um, and, and then, of course, Ivanka Trump was famously ignored by uh, the French prime minister. And not ignored, but she was trying to inject herself in a conversation that was sort of caught on tape. Did you see that? I did. I didn't really, when I finally saw it, I didn't quite understand what the big deal was. Yeah, it was I, such a snippet of a conversation. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit out of context. Yeah. But, but still, it was. she did look like someone who was trying to impress a, a, a group at a cocktail party. And, yeah, but she was at a cocktail party. Right, <laughs> trying to impress a group. So. It just, yeah, it just was not that impressive a show. Um, but more importantly... So, Putin Putin told reporters that Western liberalism was obsolete. Right now, if you heard that, what what, what would you say? What he was saying? What what is he saying there? Western liberalism? No, Western liberal democracy. Yes, that's what he said. Yes, not Western liberalism. That's again. That's that's what that's what Trump actually answered. Yes, and and what what is that referring? Western to? liberal democracy is uh, what was invented in the in the seventeen uh, late seventeen eighties by uh, the United States. It's uh-huh. basically having a democracy, right? A, a modern democracy with capitalism yeah. and uh, and individual rights, right? And well, Trump was asked about this statement, mm-hmm. and he answered. Uh, he he had this sort of long rambling answer, but he didn't quite understand what the question was. So he well, said he thought it was basically liberals in California. He said, I guess you look at what's happening in Los Angeles where it's so sad to look and what's happening in San Francisco and a couple of other cities which are run by an extraordinary group of liberal people. Yeah. And then he said at some you know, maybe the federal government has to get involved. We can't continue to let that happen to our cities. Like he literally like took what's the happening words. here in Los Angeles? That's so bad, by the way. Uh, oh well, it's um, it's a little it, tap, it's a little warm, a little warm, you know. It, well, it's now July, mm-hmm. and we no longer have June gloom. Oh, I want to talk about that a little bit. Okay, after well, we top with, stop with the politics. Yes, uh, but anyhow, it, it was shocking just how dumb, dumb. Were like, you shocked? I, I I was because there, there's, I mean, it's almost like. A joke, you know, like I mean, it is a joke, but like you can't write a, a, a less plausible joke than than what he did. And no. when asked about busing, he said, "Well, it's a great way to get kids to school." Yeah, not realizing that busing refers to the desegregation of black children in white neighborhoods, and you know, yeah. Uh, and but to his defense, it also is a great way to get, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't really exist in, in at least in L.A. You don't see very many. Uh, kids waiting at bus stops you know i see school buses uh, well but they're like transporting kids to like uh you know that's true museums and mostly stuff. they use the public transportation system they yeah. have passes right 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 but, yeah i do see a lot of kids on the fucking buses <laughs> <laughs> fucking kids yeah, fucking kids with their fucking Ugh, buses. get off my bus stop um but and that was also shocking um well, okay, we'll get to, we'll wait for the millennial before we get, move on to the next news topic. I'm sorry, there are going to be two news topics today. Uh, but what did you want to talk about, June, June Gloom? Actually, we started this show. I remember the first, uh, one of the first episodes, Dan was talking about June Gloom. We were in his, uh, uh, in Kevin's house. Now we're in the compound, but but back then we were in his house. And it was, in fact, you know, the mornings would start with uh, June 
gloom overcast. Yeah, because you started in June. Yeah, yeah, like eight seven years, years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. So it's a happy, happy birthday. Thank you. Nooner podcast. Yes, and we wanted to get Dan um, to come, and he he very much regrets not being here. But oh yeah. Yeah. What, he, he regretted like he said is Sylvain going to be there and you said yes he said I can't come I, uh, my regrets I'm not coming yes. I regret that Sylvain's going to be there I regret like that, that I introduced you to yeah. yes so uh, um, so June gloom here's the funny thing oh, so for uh, people on, who are hold on we need a, a stinger for weather talk okay it's weather talk it's weather talk do, 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 do. Um, tables tables don't work so um so for those of you in Finland and uh, other places that are not uh, Los Angeles, um, one of the most amazingly consistent weather phenomenons that I've ever experienced is called June gloom. Basically, all through June, the marine layer comes and covers uh, Los Angeles, so it's pretty chilly. And the interesting thing is, to me, is that it starts really in June. Actually, sometimes it goes into May, but it ends like every at the end of june like it stops at june on on you can almost you can almost bet a million dollars that july 1st is going to be sunny all day long and it happens the entire month of june pretty much and more remarkably is that every year i hear at least three people say it's june it's supposed to be sunny even though person i am that person I, i forget about june gloom every year I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Why if, is it so shitty outside? Because it's June. No, but like, it's been it's, like the, I've been here for winter, 20 years. It's our winter la- was so long and lame this year that I think that it, in my brain I was like, well, it's still winter. Look at how shitty it well, is. Well, that's in June. the interesting thing is that I mean I have pictures from a year. Oh, it's Cassandra. Oh, hi. Hi, hi. Cassandra. Sorry, She's a, host. a little late. So there's a. Uh, I took pictures. We we go to the beach with my son. A lot. We one year we we went in February, and uh, we went all the way through March, and then in April we stopped because it got too cold, and we didn't go again until July. And that's the, that's the way seasons are here because of the marine layer and because we have really pleasant weather weather usually in the winter. Okay, that was the premiere and finale of nooner, nooner weather, weather talk. Segment. Wow, man! Fun. Wow, that was harsh. <laughs> yeah, Love I talked that. to I talked to Dan, and he said, "Is Marty going to be there?" Yeah. Yeah, regrets. Regrets. I regret uh, that Marty's there. So the reason why Trump was asked about busing is because there was the, the question of busing that was in the, the Democratic uh, presidential candidate, candidate debates. The scrum. The scrum, as it were. Uh, Joe Biden was challenged about his stance on busing. Yeah, that was uh, very effectively challenged. Yes, by Kamala Harris, a senator from California, mm-hmm. the junior senator. Um what did you guys think of the the debates? Well, I have notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Did, John brought notes that he scribbled with a scrawled, br- scrawled scrawl, with please. a brown scrawl. sharpie. It literally looks like a ransom note to Beto O'Rourke. Like yeah. it's very weird. <laughs> we have your children. Like <laughs> I didn't realize Beto O'Rourke is super rich. Well, is guess, he really? Yeah, he is. Yeah, real estate family he married into. Oh, mm, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Beto O'Rourke. My take on Beto O'Rourke. Okay, just a real brief background. So, we, I feel like uh, for I those, tweeted all my notes, so we can yeah. just like talk about all that. I guess. I'll just, like, so we had. Uh, there are twenty-four people, uh, Democrats, who have come out to um, say they that they're running, out too, as well. to running for president. Uh, they couldn't accommodate all of them. They're all so, gay. So they have. Um, yeah, I understand what coming out <laughs> means. Thank you, John. Uh, they were good uh, one, Dad. Yeah. 
they couldn't accommodate them all in one debate debate so they had they took the top 20 and then they separated them into uh two debates of 10 people each that were uh, took place over this past week and uh, it was two hour debate moderated by msnbc nbc and telemundo Yes, mm-hmm. MSNBC and their antics. And their antics. Yeah, aren't they fun? Yeah. Fun little moderators. So first night, what do what, you think? Uh, first night, well, it's all blends together. Yeah, okay, well, we can look at it holistically. But the, here, So the, the thing is, is that I tried to look at it like after I realized that pretty much I wasn't going to learn anything about policy. There was there's almost no differentiation except it's basically you said... They ni- raised hands and some people didn't. Yeah. yeah, but... I can get to that question if we ever get to it. It's not that important, but it sounds like Lester Holt said, how many of you, well, I'm going to actually say this. He said it the same way twice. How many of you, by a show of hands, would give up your private health insurance in favor of Medicare? And and then the people Medicare answered that all, question yeah. as if, how many of you would eliminate private health insurance? Right. And that's how everybody reacted. But his actual question was, who would give up your, your personal pers- health insurance? Right. For, for Medicare. Yeah. You're saying that Kamal Hare was the only one who understood the question the way it was asked. No. Yeah. I thought that was a cop out when she was asked about it later. She's like, oh, no, I thought he was saying, would I give up my health insurance? No, but that's what, what he did say. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. That's what he did yeah. say. And I think that they, they should have explored that a little bit deeper because I think that one thing that, that we see in uh, countries like England and Canada that have socialized health care is they also have a robust private health care insurance um you know, yeah, uh, business. There. Yeah, there's yeah. is there's rich people and they do. I mean, they my my care. old CEO, um, in was we had him interview somebody. Who was I used to work for a, a, com- a company that did medical uh, website, right? And so my old CEO thought he was uh, uh, Matt Lauer, and he wanted to be on TV, and he had a good voice, whatever. But he he was interviewing a doctor, and he and he admitted that he basically has a concierge doctor. So if you ever watch the show Royal Pains, um, which is about a concierge doctor in... This is for people who are basically like, oh, insurance, it's such a pain. I'll just pay you a million dollars to be on call for me all the time, okay? Yeah. And, you know, my old doctor actually... Because that's the peep, That's who watches the USA Network, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so the, 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 the thing was, it was... it's. There will be people who do that who don't even. I mean, they have so much money. The one percent is really rich, right? Yeah, and they they are already working outside of the system, and they don't understand it. So, uh, having a base level of of Medicare for all with some kind of uh, you know available uh, insurance makes sense. Um, I got lost. So, <laughs> but it is West Lester Holt did ask, would you give up your health care? That's yeah. what he and I listened to it. I. Went back because I said I think he said your health care, and I went and he said yeah, your health care. Yeah. So the, he, they they answered a question that he didn't ask, and then and then Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris or Kamala Kamala Harris or I have heard her, her name pronounced like eight different ways mm-hmm. by by different friends of mine. Who knows? Uh, she uh, she copped out and actually said I answered the question that he actually asked. I don't know if that's a cop a out. <laughs> yeah, and so she came out. Really well, I thought. Like she oh was, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. So and, I was watching it. I was watching it. Like I, I to get back. To, I was watching it. Like how are the ten percent or eight percent who are undecided going to look at that? And the way they look at it, uh, uh, this was a, a, a political analysis by uh, the dog on Family Guy in, in an election. He said, 
our elections are decided by the undecided, and the undecided are people who are so stupid that they don't think there's any difference. They're not paying any attention. Yeah. They don't think there's any difference between the two parties, and they make their decision at the last minute based on who they would rather have a beer with or whose smile they like better. And if you look back over the past like 40, 50 years, it's basically obviously a smile contest. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, I mean, John Kerry lost because he can't physically smile yeah barack obama won because he is a better smile he's got a great smile than it's a anybody he smile. ran against yeah uh and hillary clinton you could i mean have you her smile she won the popular vote she but, won she did win the popular vote but exactly she lost the presidency partly because she's not very telegenic no you know? she's and she has a terrible smile she smiles like I know something that you don't know. Yeah, like a substitute teacher smile kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, just I'm not really happy to be here, but... So and it's a shame that that's, that's how things it is it's, solved. But, but so who, so that's why... Well, okay, let me ask the millennial, as soon as you took a bite of food, what did mm-hmm. you think of the debates? Uh, they were cool. Um, oh. uh, Good use of your words. Well... Kamal Harris made Joe Biden look like a fucking geriatric idiot. Yeah. So did that torch. like loud mouth um, from California. Yeah. I forgot his Eric name. Eric Swell, Swellwell. Yeah, Swellwell. Swellwell. Nobody cared about him. They kept the moderators like, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. Frat boy. Yeah. Um, and then there was like a lot of like aggressive mayonnaise kind of dudes uh, arguing. <laughs> aggressive mayonnaise mo- dudes. Like most nights, but definitely night one. I felt like there was like a lot of like old white dudes or not. Maybe not old, old, but like. No, they were old. There's yeah. white dudes. But, but I think it's funny because I think you're, you're, you're thinking that Bill de Blasio is, is more than one person. Yeah. He, no, because he there, was, was that, there was like fucking gym teacher who was like super <laughs> adamant about climate change. Yeah, yeah, Jay Inslee. Oh, he's, you know what? I, he looks a lot like uh, Optimus Prime, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he like, definitely looks like right? the guy who in movies like works at the CIA. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, you realize that he was the, the masterman, right. ma- mastermind the, behind it the whole time. Yeah, he speaks Russian. Like, yeah. yeah. We used to, in, no, I used to live no, up no. in Washington, and we used to have a, a Senator Slade Gordon. No, who we called no. Skeletor because he looked like Skeletor. Marty's dog is trying to eat my food. And and then uh, and this guy easily is the governor, and he oh, really Washington. looks like an older version of He Man. So I think that uh, there's some relationship there. Yeah. What was the company that made the, those cartoons? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. He Man, Master of the Universe. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, at that point, when I was watching that, no, I would never watched it. Never mind. Um, I watched it. So just... who who did who did you like? Um. um I liked um, I liked Cory Booker. Um, I <laughs> I liked to giggle at Yang. Yeah, he, he with a billion dollars. Don't you think that uh, you should get a better haircut? Oh, is he wow. a billionaire? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I'm that's his to, main. Ch- I'm trying that's to go his back main into my tweets claim so I to can fame. See what? Um, but like, but just uh, yeah, Saban Entertainment. That's who did uh, He Man. Um, really? Yeah. Um, so oh yeah so yeah Beto started speaking Spanish and Cory Booker was just like because I'm sure that I uh, maybe he thought he was going to be the only one who speaks Spanish um, there Cory was, Booker was sta- standing next to Julian Castro so I don't know if yeah I don't know that. but yeah there was three Spanish speakers plus the MSNB, MSNBC reporter that was, was Telemundo like, guy yeah. he was from Telemundo that's why he spoke Spanish 
Oh, yeah. I was like, man, dude, like chill. Cause I thought, I <laughs> yeah. thought he was from MSNBC. It's like His- <laughs> Julian Castro. What would you do if you were president yeah. today? Why don't Oi. you just go by George instead of Jorge? Like, come on. I didn't know that. I I don't I don't watch uh, Telemundo. That and I, I also don't really watch MSNBC. That I don't I don't do twenty four hour news cycles because yeah, I need to live. Um, live. Yeah. But um, I thought he was from MSNBC. I was like fucking chill bro but no that makes a lot of sense i so i retract my statement <laughs> i rest, i re- retract my fucking chill bros and i'm glad that i didn't tweet my opinion on it I was, <laughs> it was starting to like not offend me but kind of just like it just was like so heavy-handed of like we get it you need latino voters like we get right. it like but mm-hmm. like that doesn't mean like oh mira mi espanol you know like vote for me now and it's like f- like no one I mean, it, I'm sure it that feels a little pandery, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, I think it's like that. It's like I'm sure that Latino voters care that you care about them, but it's almost like going to a Mexican restaurant and speaking Spanish to the waiter. I would like a burrito, yeah. por favor. When you're like, you're like, um, un agua, por favor, and he's like, yeah, this is ice El or no Torito. ice, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like what the fuck yeah. do you want? Like, you know, it, it just kind of felt like that, where it was yeah, like, yeah. you know. It, it felt pandery. I mean, even for Julian Castro and you know, who is Hispanic, it still was kind of just like, okay, I see what you're doing here, but. And they were, to be fair, they were in Miami and totally, you know, but I just third Latino population, but uh, you got to play it smart. Yeah, I think. And the Latin vote and what this country does to, or well, the, what the Republican party has done over the past uh, 10 years to uh, ensure like so much voter suppression like you need to be able to reach everyone too and right I middle America was just like fuck that guy you know I mean and it's that's terrible to say but it is kind of probably a thing where it's like if I have like I have like ignorant Trump voting uncles who will watch that guy speak Spanish and it will confirm like Fox News was probably like oh my fuck like just like jizzing in their pants of like oh god think of all the things we can say about this right now that's like, a disturbing visual yeah well yeah Tucker Carlson was, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but then when Jeb Bush speaks Spanish you, news, you start like sketch. freaking out when Jeb Bush speaks Spanish yeah well that's because Jeb Bush is a fucking babe <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> never was, not great. Was not aware. Oh, yeah. and I got pissed off. Um, well, I didn't get pissed off, but I the uh the pay gap came up in the first mm-hmm. in the first debate, mm-hmm. and you know everyone likes to say like we need to close this pay gap and make sure that women and men get paid f- the same for equal work, and everyone goes, Wah! but which is like yeah, doy, but the 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 pay gap is caused by this country's inability to offer maternity and paternity leave mm-hmm. and it is caused by women starting in the same positions as their male counterparts and then when they have children and like their the male counterparts continue to move up but the the it's just like a societal thing where Apparently, a woman has to take Apparently somebody has to take care of these kids. Exactly. And society makes it so that the woman would. So then when you look at other countries who have both maternity and paternity leave, mm-hmm. their pay gap is like 
really, really minuscule. Like right. it's like like ninety nine cents on the dollar as opposed to what we're at is like eighty two or something like that or seventy or something. I mean, something. there are all sorts of different calculations. Right. But yeah. So I was kind of like, yes, like say all the things to make the crowd cheer and stuff, but mm-hmm. like nobody is actually addressing the real reason why there's a, a pay gap. And um, so that kind of annoyed me. Children. Um, there shouldn't be any more children. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, certainly until the gym teacher figures out climate change, it's uh, not a bad <laughs> idea to stop having kids. That's probably true. Uh, you know, like you're, you are doing that, that would Yeah, that's really true. If we didn't have uh, a younger generation, we wouldn't have to worry about the climate change problem because we'd all be gone yeah climate change over the four hours of debate got around less than 10 minutes of discussion which is just pathetic to me and it didn't come in until like the second hour right yeah yeah i timed it i timed it the second day and it was like three and a half minutes you know yeah that's all that ainsley talked about yeah, but he didn't get that much time. I mean, you know, it was but just looked good. A, a bunch of sound bites. Like nobody could actually. There are too many people to have a substantive. Way too many. I, debate. I honestly like. Like even three people right here, we have trouble getting a point across. What like, are you saying? <laughs> right. Exactly. I know because I talked about the pay gap, and John paid attention, and then you changed subjects. So That's just yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> well, he t- talked about climate change. <laughs> yeah, and then I changed the subject. I just think it's funny that like. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I, last week I was bitching because I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna fucking watch that. That's two days. That's two nights of my life. I have shit to do." But then, after leaving and like thinking about it, I was like, "No, Cassandra, you should watch it." And I, I was very proud of you to see you tweeting about it. Thanks. I would have watched three days of it if it meant that I would have been able to get what these people cared about because it there was it was just too many people mm. and like. They basically like will listen for the question and find their like reach in their recesses of like what's their programmed response. Exactly, to these it's like okay, I mean uh, Kamala like, Harris certainly did that. Like, oh, hundred percent! Yeah. Like nobody was directly answering questions because they had to get their platforms out. That it was kind of like they hear the word um, immigration reform and then they shut down the rest. Of, it's it's like what you're talking about with the show of hands for healthcare. All they heard was right. healthcare, right? right and then right. that's and then you're gonna get their. Things and also, I think it's so boring that Bernie is literally like this just broken record. Like, yeah. I understand, like, why would his policies shift that much between now and four years ago? But it's like you need a different strategy. All you're doing is corralling your fucking white dudes with bachelor's degrees, and like, there's just like everybody stole my ideas, nobody else has the guts. To talk with an incredibly ridiculous cartoon accent like me. I think the best thing that he could do. Spot on. The best thing that he could do is not run for president and and throw himself behind someone else now. Like really, really early. And throw all of his little Bernie bros and all of them behind someone right now. Because he's just going to fracture everything like he did last time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think. And his followers really are like rabid. I know. That's even though like, everybody is basically saying exactly what he says, still they're like, he's the only person. He's the only one. He's the only one. It's yeah. like a hundred years old. A like, hundred. I mean, just, I mean his, his, he looked like he needed a, a really to moisturize his lips. They I've were, never seen. I love how much everyone was hammering the fuck out of Joe Biden for being old, and Bernie was just like, me. <laughs> like, sort of shrinking behind his I microphone. Know. He didn't have to do like, shit. Yeah, he is old, right? Yeah, exactly. Get him. I'm like, oh, this debate's lit. 
<laughs> but it, I, John, to your point, I think it really was just for, I was watching it to see who's telegenic, who who has, is appealing, and Kamala Harris came off well. William Castro came off well. Yeah, you know, he's, he was really telegenic and really looks great on camera when he's not talking. Is Joe Biden? Yeah, he he's is a, he's a, a handsome seventy-six-year-old man. Yeah. man. But, but then he opens his mouth and he says. Well, back in my day, I took care of this, and I uh, took care. And let me make a tangent. And let me. I'm out of time. <laughs> and then he calls himself. Oh my God. He calls his own time. He's like, I don't know where my. I lost the thread, so yeah. I'm out of time. Yeah, time. Uh, I thought Elizabeth Warren was very. She was very subdued um, because I think she was letting other people sort of yell. And she, yeah. when she spoke, she was spot on. She's a brilliant person, but she. Elizabeth Warren does what I do on this podcast. She. She was quiet when she needs to be, and then she says the most important things, and then mm-hmm. she's a hero. Yeah. That's right. You are, Just a, like you are you. a hero. You're the, the hero of this podcast. Thank you. The thing is, is uh, you're the hero. Yeah, uh, she doesn't. Listeners, she, you guys are. The she heroes. needed to stand wow. up straight, talking about like first impressions. That was one thing I noticed. I wanted her to stand up straight. She kind of bent over a little bit, which contributes. She wanted to, the, to show off them titties. <laughs> <laughs> that okay, um, and. Uh, <laughs> The other thing is, couldn't see anything, but you know what the oh, titties I, are like. I pictured, on I pictured Jesus. like a ca- yeah, just like damn. the Grand Canyon of cleavage right Hello. there. You know, yeah. She comes across as like that the grandmother who's smarter than everybody. You know, where you kind of go, "Oh, Grandma, you're so nice," and I you find out great. that she's got like seven PhDs and fought in World War II. Mm-hmm. She's a grandma that everyone dra- brags about. It's like, oh my God, you should meet my grandma. She's right. so cool. She's well, been honestly. But like, then she also comes across as like, yeah, I'm so proud of everybody. It's too bad that they're not as smart as me. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> that she and Kamala Harris have personal stories that they've in, like w- woven into their policy making and, and to their platforms very well. So yeah. I, so I think Cory Booker. Yeah. yeah. I a, mean, well, yeah, but my thing, Cory Booker is after a while, it's like, dude, you're a Senator. You should move or move to a nicer neighborhood. Hello. Like yeah. actually, you know, there was a great documentary. I'm of, like, oh, Jesus, like Cory Booker is like he, new NWA or something. He, like what the no, he, fuck? Like he wrote, he was the mayor of Newark. Um, and he, like back in the day when he when he was running, they they did a documentary about him, and mm-hmm. and it's called Brick City, I think it might be on Netflix, but uh, or no, it's called Street Fight. It's from two thousand five, and like he's barely aged at all, but it's it's actually fascinating to see. Like he is that guy. Like he is just driven and driven and driven, and like all he cares about is. I mean, he really comes he's off good looking too. Yeah, but he comes off like a politician who's always on in politician mode. Like I don't think he has uh, just like a kickback and like you know. But he can he can fake it pretty well. I heard him on uh, Sam Sanders show uh, like uh, before he declared for to run for presidency, and he he has this kind of way of talking about politics that sounds like he cares about it all the time, yeah. even when he's kicked back. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like yeah. he do, he can't turn it off, and right. and he's super smart. Like you, he's he, not going to be playing basketball in the White House. Uh, I don't. Think like so. I mean, he was a football player at Stanford. Also, like, why isn't Joe Biden like throwing down like when they're saying like, oh, I don't think you're racist, but <laughs> why isn't he being like, bro, I was the vice president to the first black president for That's, eight years. He reminds everybody of that all the time. Yeah. The thing is, he needs to say something like in the future, I'm going to say this, that and the other thing. That's what Hillary Clinton did. She was like, yeah, I made some mistakes in the past. And right now, my right. policy no, is But he's just saying like. I was great in the past. Yeah. And did I tell you about the past? Right. Let me show you some 
some of my albums, you know, like right. uh, photo albums. Yeah, and let me uh, take credit for everything yeah, that yeah. happened during yeah. the Obama Projector administration. Here, I have some slides, <laughs> like physical slides. <laughs> What's this PowerPoint you speak of? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was not. Um, well, it was not a uh, good moment Darren pointed out that the point of the debates is to thin the field, not for policy policy discussion. But I think you thin the field by having a policy policy discussion. No, you, you know? thin the field by looking good. Yeah. No. I. I mean, you're right, but. You know, I mean, it's in not the field by being in the middle of the, the stage. This is my my impression of of Harris was I I I think Harris would be like the boss. She'd be she's incredible because she has that she has that ability to talk to you if she disapproves of what you're saying in a way that scares the hell out of you. Like she and she's able to she, she has that prosecutorial expertise of of sounding like she's so upset that she might burst into tears but she's not going to because she's in control and she's pissed off and she's gonna get you it and works then it works it totally really does. well at speeches yeah. i've and been waiting is, 30 minutes for a table right. and you said the wait was 15 right terrifying and then she People smiles. deserve better mm-hmm. yeah. and then she smiles and she lights up the entire stadium yeah. i really like her I think that in terms of personal charisma and just imagining her on the stage with Barack, uh, with uh, Trump, Barack Obama, Trump, Trump, with with Trump or Trump, like somebody, somebody said, imagine her talking to Putin or any other world leader. She'd be just like, you could tell she'd be more prepared than anybody else. She'd tear them a new asshole and then she'd smile at them and they'd be like, I don't know whether to, you know, crawl off and die or Or fall in love. Yeah. Why do I have a boner? Why am I holding my balls and I have a boner? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so I think she's. I, she I'm came across as great. To choke me really fast. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would love to see Kamala Harris in a in a Trump debate too. Like that would be awesome. Oh man, she'd smoke his ass. Yeah. I have, I have two more quick takes. Okay. She'd okay. smoke Vader his ass and she would turn around and be like, stop fucking following me. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> As you creep. Hillary Clinton, who just talks about it later, like, yeah, it was weird. But like Kamala would literally turn around and be like, yes. <laughs> like, Can I help you? What? <laughs> what? Can I help you, creepo? Yeah, oh my God, that'd be so sick. That would Whereas like, if it was Biden and Trump, he would just like, Biden would like touch him. Okay, John, yeah. go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Beto work is it, it's summing oh, up. New. I don't know smashed. how I got here either. That's yeah. that was his whole his body language, everything. It was just like, did you see at the very beginning? He put his hands like he's like, this is what politicians do, right? Just put their hands in this little prayer pose. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, uh, I don't, I think I'm. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to speak Spanish now. And then uh, Hickenlooper, uh, it's called a, it's, gente it's called a toothbrush. Oh wow! Wow, we Savage. have a lot. Uh, well, dude, who the fuck is you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Who the fuck is Kristen Gillibrand? She's she a, had angry she's white a, lady vibes. She's for the sure. junior senator from New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like she, her. She she was she, she's a she's one of those people that's uh very, very, very smart. Uh, she, she's the only she, one with a comprehensive plan. And she played Michael Scott's girlfriend or uh, you know, in the office. <laughs> oh no, you're thinking of someone else. Oh uh, sorry, sorry. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But she she didn't really come across. As, it says, uh, "Does Kristen Gillibrand need to talk to America's manager?" Is what I tweeted. That's the vibe that she gave. <laughs> I don't know why that tweet didn't do better. But. That's pretty funny. Oh I my like god! <laughs> and then Kamala Harris um, said, "Coyote, coyote, coyote," and I was like, "Um, you had me until you called it coyotes." Ugh. So yeah, I'm there's so much for uh, the gym teacher. 
crazy shit going on in the news. I, I, we gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta talk about happier things. Like, what's just, up with Yang though? What is he doing? He wants to give everyone a thousand bucks. Haven't we talked about this on this show? Yeah, UBS. Show? Yeah, universal basic or UBI, a universal basic income. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a way to to level the playing field. Um, to you know. It's can, interesting it's, how like jaded we are in this country and like devoted for some reason to capitalism that I don't think that uh, he could even get a national stage to talk about what he wants. Well, like he'll yeah. have some passionate followers, but no one will take him seriously. Who? Yang? Yang. Because what he's trying to propose, I'm pretty sure that all of us have instilled in our brain in one way or another because of how we've been living in this country and big businesses that like, well, that's impossible. I think it's an interesting discussion to have, and I'm glad that he's out there saying it. But mm-hmm. I, that can't be the prime, like the prime foundation for your platform. Like that's not going to solve the problems that are that Americans are facing. Mm-hmm. It's something that is one way to address part of the income inequality problem. But, but it's I mean there there are bigger issues to deal with first, like healthcare, like that are is it going to be a very expensive thing to take care of? Handle that first, and then get to UBI. You also, know? like. Um, Joe, this is Joe Biden again, and then we can really change the subject. All right. Um, your first day in office, what are you gonna do? Beat <laughs> Donald Trump. Get um, rid of Donald Trump. Yes. Is that what he said? Right. Yeah, he said yeah. beat Donald Trump. He's like, the first thing I'm gonna do is beat Donald Trump, and it's like, um, yeah, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do the first day in office? Well, that, that's like, like the first thing that Donald Trump did is he he beat Hillary Clinton again and again and again. Yeah. It's yeah like, Jesus. First thing. I'm gonna do when I get in the White House is I'm gonna get my sheets back. <laughs> I'm gonna get my sheets back. I'm I'm, how about just, Tulsi Gabbard? Tulsi uh, Gabbard, 2028. Okay, okay, we gotta. No, Who? she did not. Impre- I, I, I people said she that she's Hawaiian, like yeah. fucking military person. Yeah. I like the white. She's street. a Hindu. I like. Yeah, the, she had she had pretty cool hair. Yeah, I like that white streak in the hair thing. Yeah, I mean, is that uh, natural, normal? I, yeah, a lot of people have that. I yeah. know, but that's I, how my grays are growing in. Just like one long strand at a time. Yeah, oh, like in a in a clump. It uh, signifies that you've been through trauma. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It's okay. I Did anyone wa- see Spider Man? Spider Man. Oh, that that opens. It hasn't opened yet. Yeah, it hasn't opened Did yet. you see it? Uh, yeah, twice. No. What, um, are, you, what are you? Are you in it? And you haven't told anybody? Are you actually Spider Man? I am Spider Man. Marty is a new Spider Man. Cool. They got rid of that, I'm, that I'm English his, fuck. I'm his little best friend. Um, <laughs> now that you say it, you are. Oh, You're the same guy. Up. All Asian people look alike. Yeah, um, cool. that guy's funny. But are you going to see it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's the only one I'm going to see this weekend. I mean, this summer. We talked about this. Yeah, okay, it's the only wanna... movie I'm looking forward to. I mean, because like you know, you mentioned that that we like we might be at peak superhero. Yeah, I think we are because, uh, like I said, oh, I. I I was talking to somebody else about this. I, I confuse all my conversations as if I had this on the podcast. But my uh, yogi, my son, says, hey, Dad, there's a new season of Cloak and Dagger. And I was like, what? Really? Why? And uh, we, you know, we finished watching Jessica Jones this week. Mm-hmm. We haven't really ever bothered to finish watching The Punisher. And, um, you know, we, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. continues to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Really, I mean, it's just there's too many superheroes, and uh, do I you think, guys watch any of the the uh, CW ones? No, like Misfits the, the or DC. Or, the DC. And Legion it was brilliant, but I can't. I haven't even bothered to watch. That's like, FX. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I was wrong. Um, uh, I was corrected, of course. 
uh, by Darren. It, it was uh, Masters of the Universe was Filmation, not Saban. But yeah, well, yeah, it looked yeah. like Filmation. Yeah, it looked like that old Star Trek cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, do we have any scraps of uh, pictures of He-Man we could use yeah. for the? <laughs> We don't have any actual coloring uh, that we can use. So we have to use construction paper to cut out their little their shirts. For the, 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 South Park did it. The, yeah. yeah, but they look, it looks better. Yeah, the budget uh, for so this, anyhow, this episode is fifteen dollars. Um, superhero, superhero. Yeah. So the the question is the question I have for the panel. So we we went through uh, we went through superheroes uh, for a really long time, about ten years. I think we reached peak superhero. It seems like we were. We're on the, the, the falling edge of, of zombies. Um, is it, What's next? Is it going to be uh, vampires Vampires again? already had a moment. Yeah, they already had it, right? Mm-hmm. And then dragons had a, a short... But I think maybe... Is it robots? Or maybe I was thinking fairies? Or maybe Asians? I don't know. Yeah, it's is Asians. It Asians. Asians is the next yeah. dr- uh, vampire. Uh, yeah, creatures. we're doing... A, I'm developing a show called Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, <laughs> Cute! Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, make a pun, go to jail. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Like there are a couple trends that are going on right now. I feel like zombies are never going to go away. Zombies are always fun. Zombies are great. Vampires, mm, yeah, I don't know. You think you think uh, zombies are never going to go away? I mean, we've had so much zombie stuff. Yeah, over the course of like twenty years. Yeah, but because- why would they? Why would we stop? Because you you need like the, these post apocalyptic st- stories are always like fun because it's always like spurs our fantasy mind of like what would we do in that situation right I I think that yeah but after after you've after you've gone through Dawn of the Dead Night of the Living Dead and and uh, you know Day uh, of the Dead Nation Z and remake and, uh, of Dawn all, of the pre- pretty Dead pretty much uh, all Game of Thrones had zombie everybody had second remake of after after a while Walking isn't it like Dead. Night of the Living Dead Shaun of, Shaun of the Dead and all the, the Walking Dead LA version. With we Bugs even had like a love story yeah, about the zombies. Yeah, we had zombies in car commercials, phone commercials. Is yeah, our I Zombie is on. Is he called? Yeah. I mean, don't you think we've had enough zombie stories to like exhaust? Wait, it feels like we exhausted all the vampires. Don't stories. you think that we've had enough fucking Star Wars? Um. Look, well, your um, tongue. just saying. Star Wars is. Star Wars is different because um everything is possible because it's in space and like um zombies have like a a bit of reality to it so like it's odd we're out of ideas duh that's like a spot on imitation of me <laughs> <laughs> well mm-hmm. I think one thing I've been working on it thanks we're in the middle of a a uh, Stephen King sort of renaissance we've got the it sequel coming out uh, we've had pet cemetery remake coming out we've got the the shining uh sequel coming out and like uh let's see what the the sh- the shining sequel yeah called dr sleep oh that's right yeah is that gonna be made into a movie yeah no it's coming out to coming out next year it's directed by the guy who did gerald's game mike flanagan which is also a stephen king story um let's see the bone church is in development i think um there's a TV show, uh, Castle Rock. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, was creepy. And then the Talisman, I think, is which is a Peter Straub, uh, Stephen King thing that's being developed right mm-hmm. now. So that that could be a thing. Maybe like weird, like dystopian societies in the future. Like technology is going to have like a moment, like with Maniac and. Um, 
just with like and child's play maniac yeah. the, the one with emma stone and, uh-huh uh-huh so like weird like futuristic like nightmare scenarios like might be what's well i, I feel like we, especially we, like handmaid's tale like those kinds of things where um let's say like it like trump third term type shit mm-hmm. like that might have a moment i think that might have a moment in reality uh-huh, Ooh, which is why wow. I think it's going to have a moment on television first because all of us like little liberal snowflakes are like, watch, see, huh? Mm. <laughs> that everyone who, like the guys who made Idiocracy were like, we told you so, yeah. you know? Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Genius. Uh, there's also these live action Disney remakes that they, they're <sighs> doing. Lion King's coming out. They've got uh, a live action Mulan and coming out, Cruella. Actually, and Aladdin actually Aladdin. made a lot of money. Yeah, and Maleficent is. I think they're doing. Uh, Peter Pan is in development. Tinkerbell, Sword in the Stone, Pinocchio. I, I think they're doing going to do a live action Cars. You know, no, no, I'm kidding. That'd be funny. Yeah, that would be funny. Live action Toy Story. That'd be super creepy. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do a live action Pirates of the Caribbean. You know. <laughs> huh. No. Uh, Not really. Can we talk about Orlando Bloom's penis for a second? Um, um, sure. For a second, I mean, what? Uh, it's, it's very, I don't know anything it's about it. Very rarely out of my mind. It's um, there's like photos. This is like from last year or something like that. But there's photos of him and Katy Perry, like you know, just like having on, sex on one of those surfboard things that like you stand on mm-hmm. paddleboard. Yeah, and like he's just like naked. Oh, yeah, and he's got like a fucking sweet dick. Well, if I had sweet in what way? Like Kevin Bacon, huge or kind of what? I haven't seen Kevin Bacon's penis, but oh, you I, should see it. It's oh. wild things. It's very long. I think. I mean, yeah, no, compared I mean, to mine. Orlando Blooms. <laughs> Orlando Blooms is long, and I'm like, a damn Legolas. Like, yeah. yes. So yeah. I just thought that was like a nice, like that was like a feel good story amongst all the sadness <laughs> in the world. Is it? All right. Well, at least we know that Orlando Blooms got a. He's got a big old hog, and well, I would nice I would paddleboard too naked if I had a big old hog, but instead I'm just sitting naked behind this table. But uh, yeah. I would be standing if I had a big old hog. That's why I, you didn't have to get up to give me a fork for my oh, food. I, was, well, I could have gotten uh, it myself. I have pants on. Uh, I just It's freeing. It's freeing for me. I just, like, I just think that it's important that everyone does know that while we hear about Johnny Depp beating his wife and stuff like that, that we remember that there are other people in that movie who have big dicks and are really hot. <laughs> And Orlando Bloom is one of those people. Um, Just like head to pillow every night, I feel like I'm living in a safer place mm-hmm. because with all the unjust, Orlando Bloom has got a big I'm going to put that on my gratitude list tomorrow morning. I Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, like how people write affirmations on their yeah, ears. Yeah. One of my affirmations, like you are beautiful, you are strong, you are smart. Orlando Bloom has a big dick. <laughs> It's all there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It's because the opposite effect is when you see like a hot actor and you find out he's 5'5". Five five. You're like, oh, fuck. Damn it. What's wrong with being 5'5"? Five five? Nothing. Okay. You're 5'5 five five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually 5'6", motherfucker. Sorry, sorry. Fuck you. But when you think about how the fact like that like Chris Hemsworth is like 6'3", you're like, oh, of course he is. <laughs> yes. Yes. The guy. That guy. I mean, when he was he was the only funny thing in the Ghostbusters. I was I just gave up. Yeah. It's not. I mean, the fucking. It's not fair. Yeah. Not fucking fair. 
asshole. Yeah, and he's he's taking the year off to spend time good with, with his family to give give room for other people to do anything. Yeah, mm. shit. So uh, the whole fucking family horror. Like I think you know the Blumhouse group or whatever that that whole force. They they're producing tons of. I'm getting back to movie trends. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like they're doing tons of like cheap horror stuff. Yeah, but I'm talking about the specific theme. Like you're bringing up these like like that Stephen King has has always been there. He writes a book a year. But what are the what is the specific kind of character? Like we had that weird thing. A Stephen with, King sort of protagonist. <sighs> no, Marty. Come on. Aww. Come on. You know Scary what I woman. mean, Marty. <laughs> what about video game adaptations? There are a bunch of those coming out Ooh. all You're the time. You're missing the point. I'm talking about like I vampires and zombies. I told you. You did what? The future. The future, yes. But what about the specific kind of characters? Well, like we have superheroes, va- vampires. Icemen Ice are going to have a moment. Icemen? Mm-hmm. Really? I don't think so. I do. With, do? Glo- with global warming. There's going to be people like... Who have ice powers are made out of ice. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be a thing. Mr. Freeze puns. Yeah. Maybe what if what if I you went to high school you need to chill and out. you fell in love with this guy and it turned out he was made of ice mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and like like seven versions of that. Like you know how like cancer had like a moment, you know, yeah. and like, I think <laughs> that cancer like, had a moment. So but they, like, they've outlast lived their they've yeah yeah they're no longer welcome they haven't survived. No. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry, but like. Iceman will have a moment where mm-hmm. it's like they fall in love, and what's then, an Iceman? I'm getting to it. Okay, and then it's like it's like a very like uh, Bella and um, icy. What's Robert Pattinson's name in Twilight? Just Robert Private Pattinson, mm. vampire dude. Yeah, glittery guy. Edward. Okay, so it's like a Bella and Edward situation, <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. their name it's, it's Isabel and um, icy. Uh, and icy and icy hot that's his name and he was like we can't be together and she's like why i love you and he's like let me show you something and then she gets taken to his like ice home and then she like looks around and she's like what's happening and he's like my people are dying right Um, because it's summer summer's coming because it'll be the opposite of of global warming summer's coming and they're gonna melt yeah Uh uh-huh it's gonna be really sad so i think ice men are gonna have a moment totally like it's olaf from uh, frozen except like except it's live action Mm -hmm. oh my god this is a fantastic idea and it's the beginning of something big and then and then we have start writing my ya novel right now because if you've ever read twilight apparently it's not that hard to write a ya novel oh my god i read that book and i was like is this the same fucking book that everybody else read Mm. it's terrible this is a piece of poop Mm-hmm. Speaking of pieces of poop, we had homework this week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of anger coming from you right now, Marty. What? No. I, oh, uh, maybe maybe you're tamping it down. Yes, using, Tyson. Using your, Legolas is dickalicious. Your, your Asian tamp down emotion powers. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's how we get through all the holidays. Tyson brought up the new trailer for Charlie's Angels. Um, I haven't seen it, but I saw Kristen Stewart. Bella. Fuck. Yeah, she's super hot in that one. Oh. I was like, really? I was like, why do you need this? How how did that happen? Did she change into somebody who's super hot? I think she's a good actress in uh, what was that game movie where she was playing the older sister? That gay movie? No game game. Oh, what's it called? It's sort of uh, uh, it's by the same guy who wrote Jumanji. It starts with a Z. And they anyway, never mind. Zarathustra. This sounds yeah, like sure. something. Zarathustra. Like Z- 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 she was good in that movie where Julianne Moore lost her memory. 
Remember that? No. I forgot. I forgot it. Safe? Fuck. I'm exhausted. Children of Men? Yeah. No. She lost her mind and Alec Baldwin was her husband. She won a fucking Oscar, I think. Anyways, whatever. Who cares? The point is Kristen Stewart was really hot and looks really hot in the Charlie's. Awesome. Angel. Elizabeth Banks is a co-writer and the director of that movie. Is she go. in it too? And yeah, she plays Bosley. Awesome. Huge. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be as funny as Pitch Perfect 1 was. Uh, or she directed Pitch Perfect 2. No, no, but she was like, yeah. uh, have, she was like helped write Pitch Perfect 1, didn't Did she? she? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. No she, I'm a big fan. She's mm-hmm. great. Uh, okay. But she, she's also in the Chris Helmsworth kind of Hemsworth. family. Hemsworth, you know, because she's gorgeous, she's hilarious, and she can direct. Fuck her. Not fuck her. Oh, wow. <sighs> uh, well, so we you were- Leave that hate elsewhere. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate, we're going to hate on the, the uh, Jonas no, Brothers. The, the task last week was, to, or for this past week, was to watch- the Jonas Brothers documentary, which is called uh, what the "Chasing f- Happiness." Chasing Happiness, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it traces them from their church singing days with uh, at their dad's church, mm-hmm. and to to the the multimedia powerhouses they are now. Right. Except Kevin. Oh, poor don't. Oh, well, according to what. Well, uh, so Kevin is the eldest. Is he the mm-hmm. eldest? Yeah. He's older by. Uh, yeah. He's the like the the least um, telegenic one. Uh, is that right? Well, I mean, he's just he's the less, least dreamy, I guess. So you're trying to say that Kevin has the worst face. I'm I'm just I'm just saying he's the least popular, right? Nick is the the youngest and the Woo! and he he um he Steamy. works out a lot. Hell yeah, he does. Yeah, to a point where it's like. He must be really huge because if you see him next to his brothers, who you would assume must be at least in decent shape, mm-hmm. but he just looks like a big beefcake. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, Nick. Why? Yeah. I didn't realize how pretty Joe Jonas was. Oh. oh, so Tyson says that for a subject I knew almost nothing about, it was decently entertaining. Seemed like a big commercial for whatever they're doing next, though. That that was my thing. So it's... It, like they were out of the spotlight for they hadn't made an album together in like six, six years. years. They hadn't seen each other apparently. Oh wow! I mean, I watched the whole thing. I, obviously I watched did. the whole thing. I watched the whole it, thing too. Yeah, it felt like three hours, right? Yeah. Oh god, yeah. it did. But <laughs> my take is, I really was very interested and entertained by the story of their lives up until two thousand seven, because they uh, they had, came from very humble roots Mm -hmm. they were kind of born showmen and musically talented they were on broadway they they loved to be on stage and they started playing in band and they toured around on the bus for years and as a result of being in a band their father lost his job as a pastor um because the church was a you know really you know very religious and they thought that was not okay for the kids to be in a rock band and so they not only lost their job, they lost their house, which is church housing down the street, which I thought was very sad. And then like the same year, they lost their incipient uh, record company deal and Nick got di- diabetes. diabetes diagnosis. Diabetes. And uh, <laughs> diabetes. And um, it's and 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 but they they just doubled down on the rock, even though they were completely running out of money. And at the last moment, they get a call from Disney and they make a, a record and they go off and do camp rock as basically almost unknown uh, guys who have a record deal. And they come back 
and they're th- this one record, this one hit has been on the Disney Channel forever, and they're gigantic stars. And then they build on that, and they become huge, and they should have ended it there. But it's interesting because all that old stuff and that story was really interesting. And the minute they got famous and all the stuff afterwards, it was just like, I don't believe a word they say. I don't care what they say. I feel like everything was... I like was- the fact that they dealt with like the fact that they didn't like each other for a while yeah but i didn't it didn't it didn't come across as authentic and uh I mean, did, they, did they really not like each other it's just sounds like it yeah joe i mean those joe and nick went on and did, did all solo the stuff stuff and yeah. obviously kevin was really upset and hurt by that <laughs> talking about it like i care about these yeah people. no yeah. but he was he no, was having he was, a family so i mean like oh like do you think that kevin is truly fulfilled just being a father i know right oh my god i mean they're all millionaires now so yeah it's once like, they became sure. millionaires i stopped caring about what was going to happen to them and all the stakes went away yeah I, I although i did wonder looking at their dad if when they're older those those hunky guys are going to have great big fat asses yeah yeah <laughs> and and also huge resentment for growing up in so that pretty, though. by that in that family you know are I mean, they going to have that yeah you know Why? Sort of like, well the they family had a lovely did family for them well, don't you, do you think that they were pushed to be? The, it no. didn't sound like it. Really, no, it didn't it look like, like they it were to me. encouraged. Yeah, they weren't like it wasn't like fucking Joe Jackson. Like no. was, you yeah, know, yeah. they they well. wanted to do it, and their family gave up everything in order for them to do it. That's what it seemed like to me. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the goal was always for them to be stars, and like their their parents gave up the home so that they could. It's because the kids could, wanted to. Yes, yeah, so is it? Yes, yeah, they wanted so. it, and they and they had they had <clears throat> talent. And they were, I mean, they had talent that was recognized by people in the industry. And they had, I mean, obviously, you know, you look at like, like, like a little clip of, of the Captain Hook thing mm-hmm. that uh, I think it was Nick who did that, right? That he wrote that song and he's like eight. Right. It's hilarious. And very, I mean, you see the little clips from him performing at the church and stuff. It's like the kid can sing mm-hmm. yeah, very clearly. And he's got presence like nobody's business at the age of like. You gotta nurture that. I yeah, guess. I mean, it, it, I, I, I mean, it, they just uh, he like, uh, they auditioned for Broadway shows. They got cast in Broadway shows without being the Jonas Brothers. They wasn't like the Disney came on mm. and said, "Cast this kid because someday we're going to make a TV show out of him." Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like a a family that like they were pushing them not not pushing them, but they were like shepherding this dream that is like so difficult that so many like especially in L.A. you see so many families doing this to their kids and. Well, it it might be it might be in general an unrealistic dream, mm-hmm. but they they weren't in L.A. He was the pastor of a church. They had to keep the, well, that, they were, those they activities were New York. basically secret from their church because the church was very conservative. It was an issue. It, I mean, when they said it was an issue that we weren't playing Christian music before, I knew that they got fired. You know, I was like. You guys are being a little oversensitive. Oh, you're not even successful, and your father got fired. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe I. I, I just when he says at the end, all I cared. The dad says, all I cared about is that they'd be okay as brothers. Like I didn't really buy that because of because of his 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 history of of just going for the profit by being the pastor of a small church. I mean, mm. Marty. Mm. Marty, I didn't really get the sense that he was like you know nurturing. You know, not all, all like not all white men are supportive. bad. Uh, really, okay. some white men are good. I know you don't know any. I'm just very suspicious of 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 parents of celebrities. You know, of it's not even like they're insane. Be suspicious of Dina Lohan. Don't be suspicious right. of like these 
kid, like okay. these three guys all right. who are all I, like I misjudged married and like fine. I misjudged the, the Jonas father, but uh, well, I, I mean, I just like you said, it d- did become totally uninteresting once they became successful. Yeah, you know? I liked when they were successful, and I thought that was interesting. Uh, all right, I found their and they all their found love to be uninteresting. Really? Yeah. Oh. Right. I like the drama. Okay. You know, cool. I wanted more of it to be honest. I uh-huh. was like, okay, I want to know like what was the root of these weird purity rings, and like, and like when did that stop? Yeah. When and did when did they feel okay to start swearing? I yeah. know. Yeah. Look they at had them. Potty mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm glad that they're they're still brothers. You know, hanging out in front of the cameras. I also like liking each they, other in front of the cameras. Disney only wanted. <laughs> Joe for Camp Rock because Joe was so pretty and then yeah. they were like well let's take all of them yeah. I thought that was kind of cool mm-hmm. I think Joe Jonas dated Demi Lovato for like a second uh-huh. cool mm-hmm. cool well anyhow mm-hmm. that that Anyways, was so that, that happened that's yeah I think that genre is not going to take off of you know the life stories of Disney stars no mm, not not on this I, podcast on <laughs> All right, hey. so that brings up the really hard question. What are we going to watch next? Oh, my God. I watched another documentary. Oh. What time is it? Oh, it's 10. Really? It was 10.04, actually. Uh, Nooner Podcast, Spunko Radio Network, top of the hour. Um, I watched another documentary. Go on. On uh, Hulu. Hala? I think it's called pronounced Hala. It was called Rigged. Uh-huh. It was about voter suppression. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the thing. It was very interesting. I cried. But, um, which I was actually, it was like a weird thing that I cried, but I did cry. It made me upset. Um, But, you know, when you're watching a documentary and it seems fair, you know? Yeah. It seems like it, like it's. As a good documentary should. Yeah. It's, it's well done enough that, like, if it is skewed violently to one perspective, like, you know, perspective, like, it's not super obvious. This one from like the jump felt very, very like biased. Okay. And I mean, and biased to like a part that I agree with. I mean, it wasn't like biased against my views, but it was still like something about, it was like, it was narrated by Jeffrey Wright, the actor. Mm-hmm. And so it like starts with like this woman being kind of like, basically turned away from voting this black woman and then this white guy going up and getting to vote right away. And then all of a sudden it cuts to like Jeffrey Wright and like this dimly lit red, white and blue classroom or something like that being like voter suppression. I know I'm an actor, but I'm also, and you know, like whatever. And I was just like, mm. like immediately it just felt like a cheaply made, like badly written and badly put together documentary. Yeah. Like it's like, it just felt like immediately having Jeffrey Wright in this like creepy classroom was like, this is a documentary set out to scare people. Right. Um, so that kind of bummed me out immediately, but I was like, I'm just going to watch it anyways. And it wasn't anything that was necessarily new information. I mean, if you're paying attention and you understand how voter suppression works, but it was interesting. I cried, but overall I was like this documentary I don't think that there are two sides to this story, but if there were, we're there not seeing it. Right, right. Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright doesn't he always play evil scientists? Like, uh, he has done that a lot. Has yeah. I mean he was in the Hunger Games as like a nice scientist? 
Wasn't he? Wasn't 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 he a an evil scientist who turned good in the Hunger Games? Kind of. You know, he might have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So. Okay, so we won't watch that one. Yeah, I think documentaries. Yeah, you can watch it. I'm just. I mean, documentaries always have a, a point of view, right? You 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 can't be completely neutral. Like that's why there's a filmmaker there. You know, they're they're putting together a narrative, and the best ones are the ones that feel the least uh, skewed. I guess, in in my view. Um, I think uh, I think it's an interesting point. I'm trying to think. I th- I think if you had a documentary that didn't have a point of view, it would probably be boring. And then I think. When you tell a story of any kind, like you, you kind of think that the news should have no point of view, um, but telling a story has to have a point of view. And if you and if you want to tell a story of any interest, then you have to have a good guy and a bad guy. And and even if you use uh, language at all, mm. you're making value judgments. Yeah. So you can call people gunmen, you can call them terrorists, or you can call them freedom fighters, you can call them rebels. You can call them soldiers. You can call them thugs, and they could be describing the same group of people. Right. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a way to do it that's not manipulative, but you can still retain a point of view. I mean, how I don't do you, think there's a way to actually do it that's not manipulative. You might sure, not sure, sure. be trying to be manipulative, but you are manipulating things. Yeah. I think yeah. that like the people that they interviewed and stuff were like not even like major gets, you know. So it was kind of because of that. I just felt like. Mm. how much of this documentary am I supposed to take seriously? Even well, though, like I said, if you're paying attention, like there was, they didn't say anything that was like, oh my God, they do that. Like it was all true mm-hmm. as far as I know, but I don't know. It, it, the way did it you came, see, did you see 13th? Yes. Yeah. That was an excellent documentary. Right. David Duvernay. So, I mean, cause it seems like voter suppression is something that is actually almost more important. No, it's not as more important than what, what 13th deals with. But if you made it in the same way, so it was convincing, but didn't you, you didn't feel like it was manipulative, it would be more effective. Is that what you're saying? In a way, I think it was just like they, they had a lot of cheap documentary tri- tricks of like, you know, graphics of like the voter suppression playbook and like opening up and, blah, 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 and like all these things. And like they had like a former republic or former... Uh, strategist for George W. Bush mm-hmm. was on there and like mm-hmm. all these types of things and it was just again it all everything made sense and was true but they, it was just kind of like ominous and and cheap at the same time that I'm mm-hmm. just like I just I feel like this is trying to scare people mm-hmm. and there's way, there's more effective ways to scare people and I just feel like the documentary itself is going to suffer because of the way it was done. Yeah mm-hmm. I think there, I really like observational documentaries that don't like have narration, and that you're sort. I'm, you know, you can't tell every story that way. Mm-hmm. But like, did you ever see Brothers Keeper? That was a really great documentary. No, I didn't. Yeah, uh, and then like Errol Morris is a really great documentary because he has a great visual eye, but mm-hmm. he also, and uh, like the early, I haven't seen his later ones, but like he just lets the people tell the story without. When you, whenever there's narration, there's always the sense that you're being told a story where you get to choose which words you want to put in. Totally. To the, yeah. And then if it's just in like the subject matter's voice, you know, like the fog of war, mm-hmm. you know, where it was all in what's his name's um, Westmoreland. Yeah. Uh, in his words, then then it's like it feels more pure. And even though he still gets to edit which words he which lines he yeah. wants to put in there, it's mm-hmm. still there's the sense that you're getting. Uh, a purer story. Um, 
So we will come up with, by the end of the night, uh, end of the day, uh, with a uh, something to see next. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you have one that you wanted to t- no. push now? How about you? Maybe how about Cloak and Dagger? <laughs> oh no! Uh, there's a movie that's out on um, Amazon that's called uh, Under the Silver Lake. It's directed by the guy who did uh, it. Oh, it follows that. that oh low, yeah, low budget horror film. Is it scary? Uh, no, it's supposed to be all very sort of Lynchian, pretentious, like weird, um, weird. Uh, but it takes place in L.A. and I always like movies that are like take place in like L.A. Like we don't really get it as a city, you know, as a, a character mm-hmm. a lot. So I th- it has Andrew Garfield and Riley Keough. I could get behind that. Yeah. You down? Sure. Yeah, okay. I like Andrew Garfield. Okay. The Garf. The Garf. Yeah, that's what we call him at the gym. Do you play, see him play. at the gym? We play hoops together. Shut up. For real? Uh-huh. Does he have no. a big dick too? It's all yeah. lies. Yep. It's all lies. He slings it's it over his shoulder while he Marty's dribbles down the court. Lying. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a public service announcement. Marty is lying. Oh. Well, yeah, and, and ladies and gentlemen, Marty is actually wearing pants. <laughs> wow. That's a lie. That's a vicious, vicious lie. Wow. That's also a lie. Oh, hey guys. We have... Um, He's lying right now. What? We're going to dip into the mail sack. Marty wrote all of these mails. Yeah, that was great. We got a, a lot of good emails, so oh, thank wow. you guys for a lot? yeah, or uh, you know, for us a lot. Um, Two, yeah, I think I think three. <laughs> uh, we got one from Vincent, who's our listener in Hong Kong. If you're another Hi, listener Vincent. in Hong Kong, uh, let us know. And he's we just uh, have an international reach that's unbelievable. It, it is pretty. I'm I'm, I I'm always wonder amazed. what our national reach is. Because very that's very small. We have like one person in the city who listens to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, David Castro. Hey, David Castro. <laughs> and uh, so anyhow, he uh, Vincent is writing in about. Isn't there some cop? On the other side of the country, who lives listens to us too? Yeah, I don't. We haven't heard from him lately. Okay. Um, Detective Ray, you're yeah. remembered. Mm-hmm. And okay, so this is from Vincent. He's talking about. Um, it's a pretty long email, but he's talking about how in Hong Kong that uh, what we talked about last year about the fugitive extradition bill, and there have been Marty protests. Wins last week, not last year. Oh, last week, yes, <laughs> last week. Um, was it last week or the week no, before? No, it was two, weeks, two ago, weeks ago. Which is practically last year as far as Marty's concerned because yeah. he's not wearing any pants. Yes. So they're, every weekend they've been having these protests and like three, according to Vincent, three million people have been taking to the streets over the past two weekends. People in the streets. So there was... Let's see, I'm trying to just go through this. So there was... A bunch of uh, protests this past weekend in yeah. Osaka, and to raise awareness, but they didn't get the the traction that they are expecting. You mean people were, were protesting in Osaka about Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, according to Vincent. And as the situation escalate, escalates, the uh, the chief executive of Hong Kong, whose last name is Lam, uh, what's her name? Something Lam. Um, she took an evasive approach and has gone radio silence for two weeks with no signs. Really? No signs of stepping down as the leader of the government. Two weeks? Well, the police chief reiterated that uh, the police's actions were justified. They did 
there's some violence, a lot of tear gas, and some arrests, and should not be subject to an independent inquiry on their actions of handling the clashes. Uh, this sparked further outrage, and it reached a boiling point yesterday, the an anniversary of Hong Kong's handover to China. And although this time only a half, only a half a million people took to the streets uh, for another round of peaceful protests, some younger folks are not taking this nonsense any further and decided to storm the parliament building. And of course, the Jeez. government, yeah, and those who are supportive of the government condemn the action. Uh, and this feels like one last howl before the massive government crackdown and protesters. I certainly hope this, uh, that it would not fizzle out like the umbrella movement four years ago in Hong Kong. Um, people who are woke enough will keep on the fight and rest assured fight we will. So that's my little uh, uh, update on the faraway corner of Hong Kong. He also uh, sent an addendum that uh, three people in their early 20s committed suicide with their suicide notes expressing their despair at the current administration and the, helpless, and the helplessness in the face of the political regime. It's the most saddening part to the story. Yeah, and part of the, when they stormed the parliament, uh, they, they uh, were spraying graffiti and, and destroying some property, and so there was violence. And I think that it, it gets, I think there's so much frustration and anger that happens, and, and plus in big groups, people do bad things. Uh, so I, I can see how that can happen. But hopefully everything stays peaceful there. Um, you know, we had protests this past weekend in Portland, Oregon, between mm -hmm. Antifa and these uh, white nationalists. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, these far-right uh, wing <coughs> people. And, and of course, these Antifa guys, they go out. Like, there was, I was reading an interview of this woman who's a, a paramedic, and she's like, you know, uh, we, like, we, we don't agree with these far-right people, and frankly, you know, it gives me great satisfaction to throw milkshakes at them. And apparently some of the milkshakes were replaced with quick-dried cement, Oh no! And um, and then this one far right uh, blogger, like the beginning of a cartoon. Yeah, this one far right blogger got uh, a brain hemorrhage because he got beat up, and it's just like it, nobody's helping anybody's cause by like fomenting violence. Truly, like that. I mean, I know that like everything is so frustrating right now, but the the way to handle your frustration is not to beat the shit out of someone who doesn't agree with you. Right. And I'm all for protests. Oh, know. yeah. But like, I, I just, it just sucks. Don't kill yourself either. Yeah. No. Yeah. And yeah, when you go out, just like, they they were going out carrying sticks and wearing masks and helmets and like... Antifa's gnarly. Yeah, they're a they bunch of... They are as gnarly as the far right groups that yeah, do the same thing. And there's just zero justification for the, the, the threatening pose they'd make and... And the violence, it, the actual violence they commit. So fuck those guys. It just, it's just not. It's like so weird too because we're fighting for rights and like, you know, equality and like a more like liberal society. And I feel like violence is not part of a more liberal society. That's a really bold stance to take. But don't you think though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, no, like, no, you're right. You're right. A more leftist approach. I mean, I think like, that, I don't think, I think that there's everybody a lot of listening, violence involved in that. I think everybody listening would agree with you. And I mean, if you guys know people who are in Antifa, or if you are, let us know. I mean, let us know what we're getting wrong. Uh, if, what did if I we watch? I watched that fucking that anti or that uh, white supremacist documentary on uh, on uh, Netflix, and there was some Antifa people on there, and like they're all making their points and stuff. And it's just like so weird to like agree with someone 
who then puts on a a bandana, a a black bandana and and breaks windows or like does whatever the fuck like, I mean, yeah, everybody wants to punch Richard Spencer in the fucking face, Mm -hmm. but like, if you punch Richard Spencer in the face, he has won. (laughs) His face will grow two more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's here's an interesting, so uh, you think think about like nonviolent protests, you think about Gandhi, Mm -hmm. you think about Martin Luther King, Mm -hmm. you think about uh, South Africa, about Mandela, and, but at the same time, if the thing about Gandhi, uh, you know, India, India was liberated without firing a shot, and and actually, and the Soviet Union fell without firing a shot. And the the Berlin Wall came down, and people got hit by falling concrete. And that was the extent of the injuries. Mm. Um, the it is possible for things to change nonviolently, but I I feel like, and I'm I'm afraid that that the forces of oppression, which don't think of themselves as oppression, um, like the Koch brothers and people like that. The Machiavellians. The Machiavellians, just in the same way that they they saw how rock and roll became a cultural um, powerhouse mm-hmm. for change in the 60s and maybe into the early 70s. So they co- co-opted it. And now you have you know Cadillac commercials with Led Zeppelin soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um in a more si- recent reference would be how many companies uh, ca- uh, commercialize being gay. Right. That's yes. a good point. And yep. so uh, I'm wondering if, if it's pot, like uh, Martin Luther King's strategy was based on trying to create a media moment. Right. So that uh, we as a country and uh, maybe, the, maybe the South would be shamed into action. Of course it was. Right. No, I know. Uh, but now... They there's Fox News like a lot of people and in, in China people don't get in, they're really aware of that that worked mm-hmm. right so I'm wondering if the powers that be especially in China or especially Russia places that really actually control their media and here where you have you know places like Fox News the entire AM radio spectrum are are basically saying don't look at that or and and they I mean, they, you know how much violence was in the civil rights movement though right yeah okay. Yeah, but that's not why they won. Yeah. The narrative, I mean, there was violence, but the violence was against the uh, African Americans. I mean, there was also like Malcolm X's whole like black. Yeah, but how many churches did he blow up? He didn't blow up churches. I'm just saying that like. I mean, he, he was saying by any means necessary, but the means that they actually used actually were very, very. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I know that he was saying. He, he was advocating he maybe was, peaceful means are not right sufficient sufficient, but that didn't lead to like uh, a lot of guns in the streets. Right. Right. Or, I mean, or people I mean, being killed. Certainly, he inspired like the Black Panthers. You know. Yes, but again, the Black Panthers didn't like didn't actually kill people. Right. right. Did they? Uh, they blew up some things. Yeah. Blew up some police cars. Yes. Some, yes. I think killed killed yeah, some people. Some people died. But pretty yeah. sure that more people, more anti-Vietnam protesters, killed more people than anybody else. Or blew up more shit. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. You think that we set an example that now we can't even follow because our media is so fucked up? Yeah. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Is I think I think that, that I'm wondering if those tactics might be, um, not might not work as well you as know, they You know, I think they they can. It's just harder. Yeah. It, it It's very frustrating. And so you feel like, okay, I want to bust some shit. And like that's, and that gets attention. 
So I'm getting attention. So like for my cause. I th- it's just yeah. the wrong quality of attention. You know? I think the thing that's going to solve our problems in this country is when the baby boomers die. Oh. Sorry. Bye, Joe. Bye, Joe. But like, honestly, like, because who watches Fox News? Who consumes that media? Yeah. It's the it's super old people who, I mean, yeah, there are young people who consume it too, but like not in the same amounts. And so that, and that's why voter suppression is is working so well for Republicans because yeah. if you can do anything that you can to stop minorities and young people from voting and, or discouraging them from voting, then great. Then the people who do consume that like sensationalized like media and like, you know, don't listen to that, listen to this kind of stuff. Like those are the people who are voting. Those are the people who are more active in the political spectrum because they're literally being like scared into it, you know? Yeah, but we—I mean, we—we're—we're we're, uninformed. We're three liberals who live in Los Angeles, which is in California, right? We actually live Western in a, liberal. We're, we're Western, Western liberals. liberals. Yeah, yeah. Except so, like yeah. my news story, if we ever get to it, has to do with how fucked up LA is. Okay, we'll get to it. Uh, but, well, the, my my point my point is just that there there are forty percent of the country consistently for the last two and a half years think that Donald Trump is doing a good job. Oh my God. Did you? That's a lot of okay, people. Okay, we, we got we to gotta keep going because oh, I, fuck. you know, Vincent. You're getting I, what you want. I appreciate. Oh, we're, yeah, we're talking about this. No, I, I appreciate the update and please keep us up to date. And if you're out there, be safe. And uh, what are they doing? Like they're combating. Oh, keep your umbrella close by. And yes, and don't commit acts of violence. Leo writes in and, and says. Thanks for writing. Yes, thank yeah. you. Uh, he says, Dear Murps, last week Cassandra, I think, asked me what I plan to do on my four-week vacation. Mm. Well, this week, the Helsinki Craft Beer Festival is happening, so I'm going there to check out some of the Finnish and foreign craft breweries with my dad and my brother. Fun. Yeah, I'm going to sample beers not uh, usually found in bars and in Alco. So uh, Alco is the, the one place that you can get liquor in Finland that's over 5.5%. That's like a, you know, that's socialism at work there. They have a, a monopoly. Weird. Yeah. The rest of my vacation, I plan <laughs> to visit. Same thing, same thing is true in, in New Hampshire, yes. the home of liberal uh, uh, libertarianism. Live free and die. Yeah. Go to the packy store. Yeah. yeah. Colorado um, just got uh, things that are higher than 3-2 beer in their grocery stores. Oh. No, there's, there's state liquor stores. That's the, the entire like way that they fund yeah. the government is yeah. state liquor yeah. stores. Yeah. But then you go to the border of... Uh, at, in Massachusetts. New Massachusetts, all these liquor stores, yeah, package stores. Uh, why do they call them package stores? I don't know. I, and I grew up there, and I don't know why. Yeah. Packies. Yeah, uh, yeah. For the English listeners, that was not a, a dig on South Asian people. That that's actually what they call them, packy stores. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Um, so he says the rest of my vacation, I plan to visit a few cities that are near and where I can come home the same day, one day trips. Although my, my vacation is paid, I still won't have a lot of money to use. But uh, because hey, everybody's got to pay rent and such. Sure. Hope this answered your, answered your question. Yours, Leo from Finland. Have fun. Yeah, alcohol is very expensive in Scandinavia. That's it's, a shame. Yeah, it's heavily, heavily taxed. So I because that's where I wanted to run to. Yeah. Well, and apparently, if you fly in Ryanair, like. Uh, if you're coming from, like from the UK, every like Norwegian person has just like a case of liquor under their seat. Because, Hilarious. Yeah, because uh, like Norway is super expensive. I think Finland is less, uh, but I'm sure I will be corrected. Uh, okay, it's definitely well, good to know before traveling there too. 
Yes, yes. Just put a flask, strap it, a, a three-gallon flask. And I thought about it. taking my mother over to like Denmark or somewhere over there because it's like a nice place. Yeah, Denmark might be better. But yeah, but like, I mean, she's an alcoholic and so am I. So I want to make sure that <laughs> like we can drink and yeah. not that not be where all of our money goes. Yeah. It's important. Good to know. Very good to know. And let's see. Michael Binhock said a uh, long time, uh, long email this time. Well, I'm going to go through it very quickly. He said, I'm back from Pittsburgh. Michael lives in Germany. And he said, I this time I only gained four and a half pounds. Uh, <laughs> less than you, the usual seven pounds he gained. I did take an ancestry DNA test because it takes about six to eight weeks for the result. And I, um, for the results, I have to wait a little longer. Uh, we were talking about our grandfather because I never met him. When we meet other people and tell them how we met and also became friends, they tell us that it's a really nice story. So we were thinking about writing a book about it. I Who? Think, uh, I think this is Michael and his cousin. Okay. Uh, I think he was visiting his cousin. Oh, that he just met? Um. Yeah, um, I guess. No, no, he, he didn't just meet. Michael, please send us another email to yeah, explain, explain this email. This. Yeah, he said, <laughs> the thing about writing a book, because it's such a complex story with so much drama that it almost didn't happen. Don't don't write us, the, don't send us the book version. <laughs> send us the, the TLDR, please. Uh, two weeks ago, we, we were talking about artists and art, and he said that... Um, oh, yeah. We that visited... Was a, that was a disappointing conversation. Yeah. He said... Uh, we're, we visited the Andy Warhol Museum, which is in Pittsburgh, and I have to agree with, because that's where he's from. Yeah. I have to agree with Stephen that he's totally overrated. But then there's Frank Lloyd Wright, architect. Mm -hmm. uh, when my cousin was still living in Michigan, we went to the Meyer May House, mm -hmm. and it looked like a nice modern home. But uh, when I was looking it up, I realized it was built in 1908, from 1908 to 1909. Uh, but now that she moved back to Pittsburgh, his cousin, I finally had the chance to go to Falling Water. It mm -hmm. is considered one of the one of America's most beautiful homes. And I must say, they don't oversell it. All that, uh, at the time, and the location that where it was built, uh, it is unbelievable. Uh, the tour guide said that now there would be so much red tape, it would be impossible. Because it, it is actually built on a, over a stream. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's called Falling Water. Have yeah. you ever been? No. Uh, just look it up online. Check out our Tumblr page, nearpodcast.com. I'm sure there'll be a picture of it. Um, and here comes another burn. We have 30 days, and because we have five-day work weeks, it's six weeks paid vacation, depending on which state you work. There what, are 13 who, to Germany? 16 paid holidays. Yes, that's mm -hmm. all for now. So fuck you, Michael. Just fuck you. All right. Uh, but thank you for uh, emailing. Please and, keep writing and listening. Yes. Fuck <laughs> you. I have to learn another language to get this? Like, oh, my God. To get they all speak English. Yeah, but if you need to speak German, I can't do it. What's the paid vacations like in Barcelona or It's Spain? not, you know, it's similar in England. <clears throat> yeah, but like they're going through a mess right now. Yeah. I'm not going to involve myself in Brexit. No, it's too many. It's not going to have any jobs. I might there. as well fucking stay here. So Michael met his cousin 20 years ago, and I guess they've been very close friends ever since. That's nice. Yeah, thank you for emailing. I'm glad you had a good time. Did you have uh, like a sandwich with French fries on it? That, that's a thing. Did in, Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh, yeah. Did you um have you ever done one of those ancestry tests? Uh, it turns out I'm Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Have you done one? Uh, I think we d we did one from for my son so that we could get all of our ancestry. Like I didn't do one. There, which one did you guys do? I I didn't do it. Oh, you didn't do it. No. Oh, okay. I did twenty three and me. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. What did you find out? W well. 
just immediately off the bat, like having to spit into a tube, there's something so like like demoralizing and slutty about it of just like... You don't have to go... (laughs) You can just like swab, you know? No, you have to fill it to a line. And I don't know how else to fill it to a line, but like to put it up against my lip Uh, and just like... Drool? Yeah, basically. And just like... You you just look at a lemon and... and Really? It makes your mouth water. Anyways, that was a weird weird experience of just Mm -hmm. being like in bed like... Like into a thing. And then I found out that, um, surprise, surprise. You're uh, a woman. I'm a woman. Um, mostly from, I think I'm like over 99% European. Uh-huh. Because all my friend, family from Cuba is from Spain. Mm-hmm. So just, I mean, a lot of shit I, I already knew. A little bit of African in me, you know, as uh, most Cubans do. Uh-huh. Not enough to, uh, you know, give me any clearance to claim that mm-hmm. uh elizabeth warren <laughs> <laughs> well actually uh, uh, one of the surprising uh because my grandmother on my mother's side everybody assumed that her family had a little bit of native american in them because of the way she looked and there isn't any at all according to uh yogi's uh, my son's uh, test so we don't have any a native american oh which was a little surprising. Yeah. And no no African blood, which is not really that surprising. Right. It's, uh, I, do I have any? I'm just... I, I was disappointed that I wasn't related to Genghis Khan because I wanted that. Oh, um, a, a billion people are. Yeah, it's like one in four people like have that lineage. But no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's um, Southern, Southern European, Spain, Italy, broadly Southern Europe, and then... A lot of I actually have a lot of British in me, so maybe I could go. To I'm point. not a little bit of African. I don't think I'm going to find any big surprises in my ancestry. Point one percent Native American or Northern Asian. Probably, probably Genghis Khan in my past. You think you so? Know. Sure, why not? Northern Asian, so like maybe I am like Chinese. I'm as Chinese as I am Native Northern American. Northern Asian. What's in Northern Asia? Uh, is Mon- that Russia? No, Northern oh, Asia is no. Mongolia. Mongolia. For real? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus, congratulations! Christ. Well, welcome, welcome to the tribe. Oh my god! It's either Genghis Khan or a Native American. All right. What? One of the two? Uh huh. Well, have... they look alike. Wait, will it tell you if you have Genghis Khan? This is a podcast. No one can see if you're rolling your eyes like that. It oh, won't right. tell you, but right. it it just like let's say that you have Genghis it, like, Khan. It's in like it's like all it's all lit up in peach oh, of see. like where that one <laughs> point peach. that point one percent could be. Oh, okay. oh my yeah. god! I'm Genghis. Indian. Yeah. No, no, I'm from That's... Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Wow. There you go. Yeah, he, as it's he was so traveling, nice. conquering parts of Europe, he spread his seed. Ah. Uh, so that didn't necessarily mean that he personally had sex with all those people. Just so you know. Yeah, I. You oh, know right. what? I kind of wish that I would have done one of the ones that like really traces back like your lineage. Like, like oh, I was related to Fred Lickdog. Frederick Douglass. You know, like that one. I kind of wish I would have done one of those. He's doing great things, I hear. Uh, Frederick Douglass? <laughs> that was what Trump said. Oh, my right. God. I okay. know. What a fucking ding dong. Ding dong. I love how much you're rushing us on a podcast where we're actually talking about politics almost the entire time. John writes in and says, long-time listener, one-time emailer. And uh, he, Hi, John. I, I sped read his email and called him Josh. Josh. Sorry about that. 
Wait, so what's his name? John. But okay, I'm going to call him Josh. Josh writes in. Call him John. <laughs> Okay. He says, I love the news politics segment, or in this case, segments. Oh my God, Josh. Ugh. As it helps me keep up with some of the American side of things. I'm from Reading, England, a bit south of Wolf, Amsterdam. Uh, that's where Darren lives. And I bank three or four of your podcasts at a time, and I listen in the car. And, uh, he said bank, not bang, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I listen in the car to work. Where do you work? That's a sh- shit long commute if you have three or four oh my he god pl- think he, of all the books he plays that he could f- be reading four x that's, that's yeah. how he could stand or he has four four going at the same time yeah yeah that would make sense uh just probably listen- sounds the same as listening to one yeah. yeah similar uh just listen to the one where you talk about overrated bands i was a big fan of the doors when i was 15 or so i'm now 45 and and can understand all your feelings about them but i still like them for nostalgia value so he has an actual question what did the merps love that is considered by everyone else to be shit friends Oh, that's no. not everybody loves friends. Cougars balls, fuck Cleveland, listless masturbation. Oh, that everyone John. considers to be Josh. shit. Thank you, Josh. Shit? Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, uh, um, I have tons. Oh, well, like so what? Name well, some. Yeah, all of the crazy fucking Asian food that you make us eat. Yeah, all the ma- oh yeah. I'll, I'll let you try a new one. <gasps> and oh my god, Michael just posted a a picture of the first thing he had to eat when he arrived, and it is a sandwich with. French fries. French fries. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Thank you, Michael. I um, like. I like really bad movies. I like Grease Two. My uh, God, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm. You know, because they have like these these nostalgic sort of like like you said like you know you think about the the Doors in a nostalgic way. Like there's a band, an English band called like the Blow Monkeys, which nobody likes, but I do um, from the '80s because you know it was like. The, one of the first CDs I got, mm-hmm. and so I still listen to that. You know, I listen to bad eighties movie music. Hold, mm-hmm. please. Okay. Uh, I uh, what comes to mind for me is um, the Carpenters. Oh, but everybody loves the Carpenters. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then um, American Treasure. They had a television show. They did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess uh, I guess everyone loves the Carpenters. Um, let's see. Like, is there a TV show that you used to watch? Like, I used to watch the A Team. Unironically, um, you know, I just really just things that just occupy my brain. That that's really important. I'll tell you something. It's a great question, Josh. There was this moment in the premiere, the pilot episode of Fantasy Island that I saw when I was eight, where uh, Mr. Mr. Rourke, for some reason, Mr. Rourke was Uh obviously. Ricardo Montalban, a Hispanic man. Yeah, Khan. Um, and his name is, yeah, his name is Mr. Rourke, which is totally like an Irish or German name. And he says to uh, Hervé Villachez, he says, um, did you, do you remember the something, like the rope? And uh, Hervé Villachez says, yes, of course. And he says, oh, that's right, I forgot. And like as if there's some magical power that Hervé Villachez has where he never forgets something that, yeah. that sort of gave the sense that there was some explanation for these magical white-suited dudes. And I basically watched the rest of that series waiting for a clue as to why Fantasy Island existed. No, he's just like Radar Riley. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's something that's stuck in my mind and I watched the show waiting for a supernatural element to re-show up again and for five years it didn't. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that qualifies, but yeah. that was a weird little moment. Is there something? And there's also with, uh, in the pilot of Love Boat, they they alluded to the fact that that Gopher and and uh, and Isaac and the captain who uh-huh. was actually replaced after the pilot all went to Vietnam together. 
So oh, there's this, really? Yeah, there's this backstory. Whoa, Fred for, Grandy and yeah, uh, who played Isaac? What was his name? Anyhow, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> so is there uh, something that is uh, shitty besides Friends? Because Friends is loved by millions. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> no, I think yours yours is Jeb Bush. Oh, yes. Hot, hot uh, piece mm. of meat, Jeb Bush. Mm, call me Colomba. John, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, we, I like we, pineapple on pizza. Uh, I know that that's, fuck out. that's pretty get controversial. Fuck out. You don't like um, that, Marty? No, I like pineapple. I like pizza. Mm. I like smoking cigarettes. I wish that I could do it still. Yeah. Um, smoking cigarettes is cool. Yeah, I quit smoking, but um, I genuinely enjoyed doing it while I was doing it. The yeah. only reason that I stopped is because it is, I mean, it's indefensible. It's so fucking bad for mm-hmm. you that it's kind of like, if you're, I mean, I don't want to like throw people down and like, you know, be like a jerk, but like everyone who smokes know that they should knows that they shouldn't yeah. smoke. So um aside from the fact that it someday might give you cancer it also makes it so you can't exercise and you smell bad oh yeah no it's <laughs> fucked up but like <laughs> i love like smoking there's smoking that the smoke that comes out of your lungs and it just it's beautiful and yeah yeah it's fun it, yeah. there's it's just it, there's just something to it that i just truly truly I'm I'm like Chandler on Friends, you know, where like uh, he he just loves to smoke. He doesn't smoke, but like when he oh, he just loves it. You know, uh, if if kissing a smoker is like licking an ashtray, licking an ashtray, then maybe licking an ashtray is like kissing a smoker. So that's good to know if you're really lonely. Yeah, and you have a, a an ashtray. Sp- Here's right. the deal: who's or if you have that- a, a spouse who's missing who. Yeah, who smokes, and you can look an ashtray. Kissing a smoker is not like licking an ashtray, just like so everyone knows. (laughs) I've never licked an ashtray. So you don't really know then. Okay, (laughs) but like, what kind of, are we talking about a clean ashtray? Are we talking about an ashtray legitimately full of ashes? Because you don't kiss a smoker and end up with debris in your mouth. (laughs) Like this, it's, it's fucking different. Like they're doing that to like make people like, oh my God, well gross. But like, it's not the same. Kissing a smoker is like kissing a smoker. It's kind of gross, and you can taste the cigarettes. But, but like, some people, some smokers really smell bad of smoke. Oh yeah, but absolutely. then some people, like my friend who used to smoke, never smelled it on him ever. No, it. it I mean, it just depends like, on the I kind don't of know if people. It's a gen- genetic thing. It also comes to like if they smoke in their house and shit. Yeah. Because like I remember, like, going and because I have people, I know people who smoke in their houses, like you know, either family members or family members of exes. And like, you would go there, you'd stay there because you had to. And then you would come home and unpack and your clothes reeked. Yeah, Yeah, everything. Like you have to, even if you didn't wear something, you have to wash it because it just reeks of cigarettes. And like, oh, but they're just so sweet. It's funny because I, mm. I tell my uh, my students uh, talking about like history and these guys, kids are 20, you know, 19, 20 years old. And I say, you know, when I was a kid, everybody smoked all the time everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you could still see in some old places that haven't been touched, like old banks and stuff, have ashtrays everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious how much people used, used to smoke just yeah. everywhere all the time. There's a scene in uh, 
in Lost Horizons, which is about a plane that crashes in the Himalayas and they end up in Shangri-La. And this woman is dying of tuberculosis. And the guy who played Uncle Ernie on uh, It's a Wonderful Life offers her a cigarette. Because back then, like in the 40s and in the 50s, they thought that cigarettes, because they actually do make you stop coughing because there's a cough suppression. So it was like good for you to, to yeah. smoke when you were, uh, you know, and they had ads. Uh, with doctors. Yeah, doctors recommend. Uh, for pregnant women. Yes. Calm your nerves with a cigarette. I think that when I, I mean, depending on what the life expectancy is by the time that I'm old, um, you guys will be long gone. But like Thanks. by the time that I'm old, yeah. whatever the life expectancy is, I think when I'm hitting the five to ten year mark, I might start smoking again. Yeah, because mm-hmm. why not? Why not? I think one of the hilarious things in, in Battlestar Galactica is that the doctor always smoked. Yeah, I love watching like old SNL auditions and they're smoking while they're doing it. Yeah, like yeah, just, comedians Phil, would just be up there. Phil Hartman being like, "So what do you want me to do?" Like, and smoking while he's doing uh, it, and it's awesome. fucking awesome. Or like the the crooners. Oh yeah, just like you could go and see Frank Sinatra in concert. With and, a highball in one hand and yeah, a cigarette in the other, or yeah, in the same like, hand, yeah. Like you go in expecting to see a one an hour and a half show, but it ends up being a three hour show because Frank Sinatra decides to smoke a pack of cigarettes between songs just to like do crowd work and like yeah. talk to Dean Martin. It's fucking insane and amazing, but like <laughs> if you saw something like that now, you yeah, it'd be would, like weird. You would feel bad for that person. Like, right. God, what's going on in their life that they're smoking like this? And they're right. a singer of all things. Like, do you remember that magazine Movie Line? Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, did you, do you ever remember Movie Line? No. It was, it, it, was, it was a wonderfully written, gossipy version of Premiere Magazine uh, just about movies. Yeah, Their magazine's gone too, but there was a, 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 a writer who I really loved in there. Who and she she would write these these uh, profiles and you know typical celebrity interviews. But she had a little skew on it that made it a little bit more fun. And she she was interviewing Johnny Depp, and she described she was at a diner. He had just con- smoked in her presence like a pack of cigarettes and had two three cups of coffee and leaned forward and said something to her and he she said I, I could smell his breath and it smelled sweet as as just another example of why he's like superhuman like Ugh. he he should have had like like do you ever see uh wild at heart i think with uh, jeff bridges playing that uh bad bad bart bart bad bart do you ever see that movie uh, it's not it's not wild at heart is it it's um, no it's not wild at no um, crazy heart crazy heart crazy mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. do you ever see that Mm-mm. so uh Maggie May, yeah, Megan, Ma- Maggie, 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 Maggie Hall falls in love with this old. But the the scene where they first kiss, he's just smoked like a pack of cigarettes, has gotten drunk and vomited, and then they start making out. Yeah, and it's like, oh god, yeah, oh, god. that's and she just keeps on kissing him. <laughs> that's like, that's how shudder. powerful their their attraction it's was. A, yeah. it's a cultural thing. Hmm. I, I think like modern day, like if I was to kiss someone and they tasted like cigarettes, I would be like shocked. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, back in, I don't know, if I'm in Colorado, yeah. surrounded by Kid Rock, you know, mm-hmm. and I randomly make out with someone and they smell, they taste like cigarettes. I'd be like, well, that's, you know, when yeah. in Rome. Right. Like that's what it is. That's why George Hickenlooper's teeth look like. It's so funny because it's just like it's not like no representative. It's not representative Colorado at all anymore. But like there, 
I met a few girls who are from the same part of Colorado as I am in Groundlings. And we all were kind of like, one of them, her mom is the mayor of this town. And we were like, yeah, that's like a weird white trash pocket of Colorado that like still exists, like right in the suburbs of Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they refuse to be, to be shaken. Eva writes in, we have a, uh, a, a we female, have a female li- listener. Yes, we do. Is she from what? the United States? Uh, uh, yes. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! <laughs> and I believe she's uh, she's Latinx. Oh my god! Yes. Hi. Um, what does she say, listener? Since the Smodcoast Morning Show days with Dan, <laughs> fuck you, John. What? Uh, no. <laughs> I last emailed a few years ago when you all begged for listener demographics. Anyhow, I had to email because I laughed so hard when John attempted a speech impediment for his Diane is trash turn. Thanks. Uh, When I emailed previously, I was still in grad school, but uh, by now I've been a fully licensed and credentialed speech pathologist for a couple of years. Oh, Uh, my God. John, your impediment was terrible and hilarious. Oh, thanks. uh, Cassandra, that game was great. Given a professional critique. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Kruger, your YouTube channel is weird. Yes, it is very weird. Um, yes, and then uh, Marty says you do a great job of being the glue that keeps the show on track, even if everyone bitches at you for it. Thank you. Yeah, for shut up, fun. Marty. Oh, Jesus, Eva, thank you so much for That's emailing. So great to hear nice. from you again. Hi, and Eva. yes, and John as well. Great to hear from you guys. Keep uh, emailing us if you have questions or comments, and uh, if you have never emailed, email. We love hearing from you, especially if you have a good question. Something fun to talk about. We don't about. really care if they're good questions. What was your news thing that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I wanted to talk about the homeless uh, homeless rate in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what is it? LA has... Hi. Like, Hi, yeah. yeah. We have like 50,000 homeless people. 60,000. 60,000 homeless people in LA. LA County. LA County. And then... So basically, if you've been like living under a rock, you might not have noticed, but otherwise, like you... If you're living under a rock, you're one of the 60,000. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah. too soon. There's all kinds of things that need, like we we voted on HHH or something, and like that's it. It's not taken. It's not taking effect the way that they want it to. And basically, we live. Do in you a, want to explain what HHH? I don't know every all the details of it, but it was basically trying to build a, affordable housing for the homeless and stuff like that. And there's a huge. LA is kind of like its own little mini democracy in a way, I guess, where, I mean, I guess every city is a democracy, but like it's basically homeowners versus the world Mm -hmm. where like homeowners will do whatever they can to shut down any sort of affordable housing being built near them because they think it's going to take down the property value or make their neighborhoods dangerous when it's like, I would argue that your neighborhood's probably more dangerous having Homeless tent people. cities yeah. so if you, two blocks away from you than if you having drive an apartment under, building. Any, any bridge. Underpass. Pretty yeah, much. No. There will be a whole slew of tents. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. of people living in tents. Yep. Uh, and, or if you just go to outside, our, our house might, right, uh, well, we're in Diamond Bar, but my old house. Yeah. Uh, there used to, like, there would just be a homeless encampment, encampment there. Just, they cut a hole through the fence and then we're just living on this hill. Yeah. And the hill caught on fire, of course, because they were, like, cooking something and, you know, which is, they got to eat. But, and then they, they had a, a big thing where they were, they went, got the cops. They 
got all the this homeless shit they pulled it out and then just put people on the streets and like so these homeless people were kicked out of the park and they were just standing at the edge of the park with their shit you know in their supermarket cart with no place to go and like like you didn't do anything to you didn't make me feel safer you didn't make them feel safer you did you just you it's like pushing the the problems just slightly I mean, to that's one what side Santa Monica does Santa Monica boasts about how how little homeless people they have they don't have homeless people because they just push them out yeah. same with Pasadena um Burbank like these places that have their own police forces essentially West Hollywood even like they're like we don't have homeless people. Yeah. It's and like, yeah, because you fucking push them to another city and then they're just there and the rent is so fucking high here. Yeah. And the cost of health care is so fucking high that that's how people end up homeless in the first place. And this is not to say that 60,000 people live on the street. This is like, there's so many people just living in their cars. Yep. And yeah. so there's a rule or a law here or something like that that it's like a 72-hour law where if... Your you car have has your, to move every three yeah, days. Yeah, if you have your car parked somewhere for 72 hours, if one of your neighbors wants to be a dick, they can call and your car will get towed. So, A, it makes it hard to go on vacation if you don't have a parking space. But also, B, if someone wants to be a dick and get your car towed and you're homeless, now you have lost everything. Yeah. You've lost your shelter. You've lost all whatever was in your car. Like, you've lost and and because it the cost of getting your car out of impound is insane. Yes, and it just it's and is exponential. Criminal. Yeah, yeah. So basically, our homeless problem is uh is so bad right now. Yeah, and we have and a ty- There was a typhus outbreak in in downtown. Uh, there are rats running through city hall because like they're like people eating food and they just they there's a big trash problem as well downtown. Yeah. So they're and they're trying to work with like sanitation and stuff like that to like. Basically, sanitation workers are supposed to go out and just clean up the trash, but not throw away anybody's stuff. But there's a weird, there's a weird thing there because the sanitation workers aren't like properly trained on how to deal with unhoused people, and so they usually request a police presence. And so then you have homeless people who are afraid of the police and who are afraid of sanitation workers taking all their stuff. It's just, it's. A fucking shit show. Yeah. So there there were two bond measures that, that you were talking about. Yeah. So there is money that needs to be spent on housing, but like you said, nobody wants it and it's the, the nimbyism problem. Nobody not in my backyard. Right. And and there's a growing number of homeless people because the cost of living is ho- is so high and the income uh, inequality gap is just growing wider and wider. Same you have a similar similar problem in Silicon Valley where you have people living in mobile homes um, and moving or, or RVs mm-hmm. and vans, and so there are some places that have outlawed um, RVs in in certain neighborhoods. So, and these are people who are working; they're working homeless. Yeah. And uh, there's a big population of um, homeless kids living in their cars who are students at UCLA. Yeah. Like that's like I there's a whole vice thing about that. So some of the things that the city could be doing is providing safe parking lots and things like that. Yeah, and and, and you know, you look at these other places like authoritarian places like um China where the government will just build whatever building they need to build for their you know, without any sort of regard for 
the people living there. I think the we kind of need a little bit of that here. We you know, do. the eminent domain argument. Um, well, cities are basically allowed to uh, police themselves when it comes to zoning, and that needs to stop because I think people just assume if Section Eight housing is built in my neighborhood, that complex will fill up with. Uh, insane homeless people and drug dealers and blah, blah, blah. Section eight, like, I mean, if I move some numbers around, I might even be able to qualify for section eight. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things where it's just, it's everything. It's so fucked. And it's just like, it's so sad because, you know, you see people having to choose between getting like the medication they need or, um, or paying their rent and then they end up on the street. You see veterans on the street all the time because they have housing programs for veterans that were already homeless, but they didn't do anything for the veterans that had homes, but their rent was too fucking high. And so now they're homeless now. So it, the whole thing is just so fucked. And Eric Garcetti, like our mayor, he didn't do, he was just focused on his presidential campaign. And then now he's back and not running for president and is like, I think he released like a letter to like Los Angeles being like taking responsibility. But then when he was asked about it, he was like taking responsibility and being responsible are different things. And it's like, Oh my God, bro. Anyways, that was, that was my news story. I guess it's not, it's more of my just like angry rant. Yeah. I'm, I mean, this is a problem. Uh, I think it, across the world, uh, you know, in there's a huge you know, number of refugees in throughout Western Europe. And if you go through the streets there, like off to the side, there are these refugee camps that are set up and it's, it's really depressing. I don't, I don't know what the, um, the solution is. I think, um, providing good healthcare is a a good start that prevents the the spread of things like typhus and will get people healthier so that they can work. Well, uh, I think, uh, the people are coming around to not only with, with, with the, the homes first. So they're talking about like, uh, they're trying to there's a multiple problems that are easier to solve when people actually have a home mm-hmm. so the joblessness uh the addiction uh mental illness um, all of these things uh the first step is is homes and i actually i i uh i, I play basketball um on sundays and with just sort of this random group of guys and a couple of them are in real estate development and they were, we were talking about this 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 weekend and their feeling is if the the city could solve a lot of these problems if they made deals with developers and just said you can have this property this space there's tons of, of property that the city owns that they don't even like they were talking about this particular mansion apparently in Malibu that the city has owned for 20 years and didn't know it and but so they, there's all sorts of fallow property empty spaces that the city owns and they just say here developer you can actually have this if you make this deal and and give us like half of it is is uh low-income housing you know for 50 years that kind of or 40 years or something like that and it would make a lot of, it would ameliorate a lot of these problems it, it it's a, a matter of political will nimbyism is a huge problem and is actually the source of this and i i, I heard this podcast where a lot of the problems come from uh, laws that were passed in the 20s and 30s yeah. that are just pure racism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were designed to keep African-Americans out of neighborhoods, and now they just keep people from bu- being able to build enough houses for people. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing about uh, 
the the individuals and, and the way our system works, you can pass laws, you can say we're going to build this, we can do that and this, that, and the other thing, but the people who live there have the right to sue, and when they sue, they can stop things from happening for years. Well, it's like... Uh, Even if they don't win the suit. Culver City, I think, their like population was like 38,000 in like 1980 or something like that, yeah, really? and now their population is 39,000. Like, so, Culver City has been fucking fighting yeah like building anything new yeah it's it's just i mean that's like the that's like the self-policing thing i think mm-hmm. well uh, the the homeless i mean the, the housing first policy that was practiced in salt lake city uh and they had it in place for a decade and by 2015 they reduced their chronic homelessness by 91 percent and yeah. by just providing free housing to people and they also went around in the streets and said, dude, this is Salt Lake City. And people went, oh, yeah. And they left. And they came to L.A. Yeah. Uh, no. no <laughs> They'd it, rather die in a it, heat wave than a blizzard. It really worked. And they, the problem is it's expensive. And they ran out of money. So they're, since uh, for the past three years, their homeless uh, population has doubled since 2016. So, um, But really, it comes down to money. And you, know, you just have to, to have the money to do it. Uh, luckily... The economy's killing it, right? According to the, the our president, he he has made us uh, the, our country super rich. So, if that's the case, then we should be able to solve this homeless problem with money. I mean, the money is there. Well, I think for, from his perspective, he solved the homeless problem by moving into a gated community and building a giant mansion for yourself, right. so you don't have to see the homeless. Right. That solves the problem for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a new podcast called uh, that Malcolm Gladwell is hosting. The 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 journalist, um, and it's called um, Solvable, and it's about homelessness. So if you want to, if oh, you're yeah, interested cool. in that, check that out. Um, and it just started, so um, it's. I've only listened. And when you to listen one. to Malcolm Gladwell, check his facts. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Well, I mean. That would make me not want to. No, I mean, he's a smart guy. I, he's, he's a smart guy. Yeah. Check his facts. Uh, it's not like he's like. Willfully, uh, I and mean, he has opinions. He's very opinionated, and he's very funny. Uh, but check his facts. There you go. And uh, let's see. Um, I agree with everything he says until I checked his facts. Right. Uh, grocery stores are going on strike. Oh shit! It's eleven really? o'clock, guys. Yeah, it's eleven o'clock. So we we should wrap things up. Did what was your phone call? Is there anything you want to talk about? Okay, we'll talk about it offline. Uh, we, Next week, probably. Uh, well, actually... Oh, we're doing Dungeons & Dragons. We're doing Dungeons & Dragons Oh, my God. I, well, we have to do the... Uh, who do you want to be? You're going to be Alpha let's, Cleric. Let's figure this out figure offline. Out. we got to wrap this up. Oh, my God. So we're going to come up with tar. characters. We're okay. not going to do it live. We're going to record it, and it will podcast live on Tuesday. It will? Yes. Um, because we there won't be a show uh, for the next couple weeks. At, at the very least we're going to take a, a s- small hiatus still write emails though still write emails yeah we're we're, we're not uh, done by any means and so send us emails and uh there's just uh, i'm working doing a different job now and so i have to figure out how to uh work in the podcast um but it will happen and we hopefully i can just go in late on tuesdays but i will find out um, but that's starting, um, that's very new to me. So this is crazy, crazy time. And, uh, but we'll have the 
D&D podcast. We'll have, um, maybe we'll do a quick little update after the podcast. We'll record some stuff that will go up the, the week after. We'll figure it out. But uh, continue to send us emails, uh, and especially if you want us to come back, or even if you don't, send us an email saying good riddance. Um, but this is by no means the end. Uh, we're just taking a little summer break. And um, do you guys have anything you guys want to plug? Uh, uh, buy my books. Yes. Uh, they're only 99 cents. Follow me on Instagram, at Cass Cardenas. All right. Uh, and Twitter. I auditioned for my first big budget movie. Oh, yeah? And what was it? Uh, I can't t- say what it is, but, oh. but it was crazy. I haven't it seen weird. it. Hmm? No, it, it, but I'm sure it won't. Uh, I'm sure it won't book it, but... Um, hey, that's man. that's the positive attitude that uh, we're looking for. Yeah. That shit manifests. Oh, it does? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> at least my heart won't be broken. Wow. If I, as long as I don't have hope, I won't be That's a good. Hurt. That's, a, that's good. Without hope, you'll never get hurt. Yeah. Uh, guys, follow... John at Sylvain BBB and Cougar, by the way, couldn't make it today because he's working on something because he has life, something like that. And uh, Dungeons and Dragons next week. Yes. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.